stinky. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast. Every take on uh, anything Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex sports related, which once again, this is this has been a weird week. Like a lot of good things have happened, and then a lot of nothing has happened too. Yeah, it's just been a it's been a weird sports week. But that's okay. We'll take that for now. Just sports because week. whatever could whatever like just as long as things don't get worse. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. I am your, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I am also a host. And my name is Mal. Yes, yes, yes. And I am wearing wool socks. Yeah, I know, I'm jealous of your socks. <laughs> I have on regular socks and boots. And my socks feet are, my feet are Socks and boots. Socks and boots. Yes. Uh, before we get it started in anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was that. Not our strongest intro there. Speaking of boots. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, before, <laughs> if you uh, like what we're talking about when we're not talking about socks and boots, <laughs> go ahead and like <laughs> us on your favorite podcast platform. You can subscribe, leave us a thumbs up, uh, five star rating, one star rating, leave a comment. Leave no comment. Leave a comment that's just a, a blank space. At this just, point, we'll take anything. Just the word piss. Yep, that's fine. We'll take piss. Yeah. Well,. I'll take up this. Yes. Uh, and also share with your friends if you, you know, they might judge. They'll judge you. They may judge you. Especially if this is your friend's first episode. They're yes. going to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this podcast stinks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Stinky. It smells like he farted right before they hit record. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at the Drunken Fan and the number one. Or you can email us if you want to contact us directly and complain about anything that you hear. Ashburn, or, Virginia, calling you out. Yes. You're or, still out there. Or reveal your true identity. Please. That's all I want to know. I'm just more curious than anything. Like, I Ashburn, mean, if you're waiting for me to grovel, like, I'm getting there. Trust me. So if you, you, if you, know you wait a couple is. more weeks. They're Batman. I think so. I think that they are Batman. Yeah. You can't make the stops. <laughs> Well, people kept ringing the bell. <laughs> anyway, uh, but please, if you do like what we're doing, please like and subscribe and share it with your friends and family. That helps us a lot. Uh, and also, before we get going, uh, our furthest away listener this week was from, drumroll, Newark, New Jersey. Hooray! Uh, I thought it was Germany again, and then... It disappeared. Then Germany was, just disappeared. It was there, and then it was not, and I don't know. Well, if you're still out there, what what was the town in Germany? Stuttgart. Stuttgart, Germany, if you're still out there. We love you. Please well, keep coming it back. it is still a place. No, no, but if you're still out there listening. Oh, our listener. Yes, please. Yes, if our listener is still, is still listening. Yes. We love you. Please don't go anywhere. Send us an email. Let us know. Are you like, maybe the Stuttgart, Germany person is stationed out there. Maybe. And they're just from the, the area, and they just Maybe. found something. I mean, yeah. I doubt that Germans care what Americans think about American sports. Like, uh, yeah. But, I mean, Probably if you not. are, I don't care. Like, we need This is stuff we need to know. Send us an email, please. Yes, but 
Newark, New Jersey. Yes. Newark, Newark New Jersey. And uh, there's a fun fact. There's exactly one fun fact about Newark, New Jersey that I could find. I looked for five minutes, so it's not like I was searching. But <laughs> I, I did Google uh, famous people from New Jersey and Wikipedia, uh, from Newark, New Jersey and Wikipedia. I was like, yeah, none. Yeah. Well, there, okay. There that's just none. from Newark. Yeah, first of anyway, all. Anyway, so anyway, uh, the fun fact about Newark is uh, Newark's Branch Brook Park is the oldest county park in the United States, and it is home to the nation's largest collection of cherry blossom trees, numbering about 4,300. Holy crap. That is a lot of cherry blossom trees. That is a lot of trees. cherry blossom trees. I don't even know what a cherry blossom tree looks like. I don't either, but if it's got cherry in it, I bet you it smells good. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, Newark, let us know. Yeah. Have you been to, what park is it? Uh, I just, uh, bro, um. <laughs> yeah. Branch Brook Park. Branch Brook Park. Newark, New Jersey. If you've been there, let us know what Branch Brook Park is like. Boy, that is. Branch Brook Park. Branch Park. Branch. Branch Brook Park. Let us know if it smells like cherries or whatever. I don't or, know. Like, or I if just... it's too close to downtown New York to smell like anything, because it's only about eight, eight miles. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, I have been to New York a bunch, and it's pretty cool that you can, if you stand at the edge of any of the boroughs, you can you can clearly see Newark, New Jersey. Just like you can see the skyline and everything, and it's just it's unusual to see something like that, especially if you're not like really from that area. Like yeah. everywhere else, you kind yeah, of you grow up in Texas, like you can't see another state with a freaking telescope. No, yeah, and it's but <laughs> and and all other big towns like Nashville around, like Nashville up here in Tennessee or yeah, yeah. Los Angeles, you know all that stuff. Like it's you see the one downtown, and that's iconic. But the Standing up there on like the Long Island borough or something like that, you can clearly see Manhattan. You can see oh, well, from Fort Worth. You can see the Dallas skyline. You can, but it's not. It's not the same. Right? No, it's not yeah, the same because like nowhere. Miles yeah, it's away. still. Yeah, it's not like as close. So I mean, it is like that's one thing that Newark. I think that it has going for it is that that skyline. I look at it as being a part of that New York skyline. Because, I mean, it's just without it, it would just seem, it, it, it wouldn't seem right. Yeah. So, Newark, we love you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Anyone else want to tell us a fun fact about your hometown? Drunkenquestions at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go. I thought you were waiting for an answer. No. Was, <laughs> it's like I'm waiting for someone to tell me. Now. I was, I was going to be like, well, our hometown uh, has a Bonnie and Clyde museum because they... Stop, they robbed a bank there. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. It's, it's not even a museum. It's just the bank is still there. And it's it looks... No, there's just, a museum, too. Oh, is it a museum? I've yeah. just, I've yeah, just seen the bank. Have, they, I don't know if it's the exact... I think they have the exact car that they were no, shot the, up No, the, the one... The museum that has the car is in Shreveport. Well, I don't I, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm then positive. It's pro- then it's probably like a mock-up of the car. Yeah. They probably have the same model and just shot the shit out yeah. of it. <laughs> in Texas, like, Texas. yeah, why don't we let's yeah. just shoot the fuck out of some, yeah, out of like, some cars? You know, what we can do for the Bonnie and Clyde Museum, shoot stuff. Yeah, we get one of them old cars and shoot the shit out of it. Well, and it's funny because you could probably anything in Texas, like, you can probably say it's like, oh, you know what we can do to commission this new church? Shoot it. We can just shoot stuff. Like that's just all. That's all. It's, it's just and all that Texans you know have going what? for. It is fun as shit, man. Like mm. it is very fun. I'm not trying to say that there's anything wrong with it. Uh but I'm this, just saying we just use it for yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of shooting shit, uh-huh. Mavs. Let's yeah, go let's, let's, you want? Oh, you well, want to? Now nah, let's start with something. Yeah, you want to start yeah, with the Mavs? The Mavs. <laughs> well, I was thinking shooting. How are we gonna? Mm. 
you know. Mm, yeah. Okay. Oh, stars. Yeah, we Let's can start. Yeah, we can say okay. All right, we can, we can start with the stars, which I mean, the the one thing that was the big development this week is that they scheduled a start time for their season, and it was either going to be on the nineteenth or the twenty second, which the nineteenth would have been great because that'd be tomorrow. But now they're do they, they decided to do the twenty second at home at the American Airlines Center against the Nashville Predators. And I just think that what this is is just COVID helping out the Stars again because I think without the COVID break before last year's playoffs, I think the Stars missed the playoffs because they were quickly heading towards that late season collapse. Yeah. And then whenever it stopped, they were in a playoff spot. They didn't they even were... have to play in a they they didn't even have to play in a play-in round. Yeah. And this is another one of those things where COVID kind of steps in for the Stars and goes, "All right, it's bullshit that they're having you guys start on the road so much. We'll go ahead and give you... Because, I mean, it was 17 players from the Stars. Yikes. 17 players. Like, yeah. everyone else was like one, maybe two they're players dropping, per team. They were dropping the flies. They were falling stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. So this is just kind of like the like the Stars giving themselves one last little reward here before we get the season going just the only problem is is now they're going to be playing like all of their games that they've missed which were only th- uh four games but uh they're they're all gonna have to be rescheduled they're not canceled right they're gonna have to play their full 56 games in 108 days so that's really just the big thing that really sucks about it is that they went from having the least back-to-back games in all of the nhl they're probably going to be one of the top teams now that have the most back-to-backs and the stars have not just over the last 10 years have not done great on the second night of a back-to-back i don't have the numbers in front of me but it it, like every single back-to-back on that second night that's all fox sports southwest talks about that's all defending big d talks about like it's just oh the end of the back so every stars fan knows about it but I mean, the, those games have not been rescheduled yet. Subject to change, we'll see what happens. It's just going to be a lot of hockey, which is great for us, but bad for the stars because eh. they're going to be playing a bunch. But I think that this rest is going to be one of those things that, because I mean, that's really what this is: is that it's given other teams chances to beat the shit out of each other, and the stars are just kind of getting it. They're taking just like a little bit more of a break. I don't think there's going to be so much of a break in between when the other teams started and the stars started that they're going to be playing so or they're going to be playing a whole lot of catch up whenever it comes to getting in game speed down again. I think that the other teams have the slight advantage of that, but it's not going to be too much. Yeah. So, that first game against Nashville, I mean, and Nashville is already kind of with their small sample size, they they beat they beat Columbus twice. So, this is one of the, one of those things where it's like, okay, is Nashville starting to kind of figure it out? Because Soros has looked great so far for them in their two games. They're playing again tonight, but they're playing Detroit, I think. I can't remember. So it, it's Detroit or Carolina. I can't remember. I just Someone's red. But anyway, the so Nashville's going to have a few games under their belt, and the Stars are just going to be coming right into this against this rivalry that they kind of have. They, they have the upper hand in so far, and yeah. they're going to be juiced because there's going to be fans allowed at the American Airlines Center. Juice. And they're going to actually raise the banner. I know Tampa Bay didn't raise the banner. They they revealed it, but they didn't raise it until raise they were the allowed to. <laughs> they were allowed the to have fans inside of their uh, for their home games, which the Lakers are doing the same thing. But I think since there will be fans in attendance, 
this Friday, I think that they're actually going to put the banner for the Western Conference champions into the rafters and show. I don't. They're not going to have like a whole like raising the banner, but it'll be up there and it'll be covered, and they'll probably just remove it and say you're Western Conference champions for the 2019-2020 season. So, I like it sucks that we had to wait a little longer than everyone else, but it's finally here. It is time to get going. It's looking like that everyone's going to be ready to play. It's not It's not looking like that anyone's going to be missing time because of, at least because of COVID reasons, but still no word on Steven Johns, uh, but it looks like Joe Pavelski's good and Anton Hudobin are good to go. Hooray. Hooray. Yes. I didn't see anything, any other news or anything come across about the stars at all. No, nah, really nothing. Like nothing. It, it's, it's just been just kind of like a quiet week. Just been looking at, uh, of course, the stars are having to say that they're enjoying this time off and whatever. But, you know, they're also like itching to get out there because they're yeah. seeing everyone else play. And it just sucks that they yeah. got they, they got destroyed by this covid bug. But, I mean, at least no one's going to be, hopefully not experiencing anything long-term. Right. Uh, but and, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, that it, there's the added benefit for at least the next couple of months. You really don't have to worry too much about it. I mean, I know that there there are uh, people on the team that didn't get it. Um, and so, you know, they'll still have to worry about it. But as far as, uh, as, far as these players' chances of, uh, of getting it again – is very unlikely yeah. that they'll get it again at least pretty much for the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, for the rest of the season. So, so you know, I it, it like just boom, just get it on out of there. And so Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that uh I'm hoping that this will kind of open the door for Ty Delandria. I'm hoping that he's gonna we're gonna get some some sample sizes of him this season. I mean it, it's it's just like in baseball whenever you have to play a certain amount of games for uh that season to count as an NHL like as an NHL season as opposed to an AHL season which determines whether or not you can be a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent blah 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 counts against your service time yeah absolutely and so I'm thinking that Ty Delandria is going to get a lot of looks this year and I'm hoping that there it's going to be enough if they're going to do 10 games then they just might as well just have him stick out and just play the whole uh, the not the whole 56 game schedule, but you might as well like put him out there, get work. If he's not going to be playing in the AHL, then you got it. Like you can't just have him be sitting on the sidelines just being rusty. So oh, that's right, because the AHL isn't even yeah, AHL's not even doing a season this year. Yeah, which for now we'll see what happens. I know the ECHL is right. going to be trying and to the, do stuff, and the, but and the Big Ten isn't playing football this year. Right, right, right. So. That's it for the Stars. Just this Friday night, they've got they've got Nashville. Soros has the Stars haven't scored a goal on Soros in at, at, I, I can't remember the last time that they played him, but they didn't score a goal on him at all last year. Uh-uh. So it, it, can the Stars kind of crack that the 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 juice the juice gate that they've got going there? Uh, who who the fuck knows? But it's juice. it's Friday night, January twenty second. At 8:30 p or 7:30 p.m. Central Time, so it's looking like Hudobin's going to be the starter, and Soros is going to be the starter for Nashville, which he's got a two and record so far, a one uh, a one point five goals against average, and a nine fifty nine save percentage. That's I, I know that it's just two games, but it's again both those games were against Columbus, and Columbus is a lot of people's pick to be like the sleeper team. In the Western Conference now. Maybe so. they're still sleeping. <laughs> maybe, 
maybe. I don't think John Tortorella is going to. But it was. But anyway, like there were there were some questionable things that Columbus did in those games against Nashville. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah. So for those of you who are just as excited as I am, it's finally time. Puck drop is this Friday night. Hell yeah. Man. Yep. Friday and then Sunday, then Tuesday and Thursday against Detroit, which Detroit's looked as bad as we think that they will. And then, or as we thought that they would be. And so hopefully the Stars have a nice little 4 nothing cushion going into these two games against Carolina at the end of the month with their first back-to-back with January Saturday, January 30th, and Sunday, January 31st. Those, those are really the games I'm looking forward to. I think that the Stars, in order to kind of establish just that last year wasn't a fluke, they need to be 4-0 going into those games. They can't. Maybe three and one. I think a three and one is okay. Maybe Ottinger steps in and loses his first NHL start, which is understandable against Nashville. But you need to win the two games against Detroit. Uh, so I would say at least be three and one going into those four games, those two games against Carolina, and then you got Columbus right after that. So it doesn't get much easier. So it's exciting, and here we are. Yeah, I am. I am excited about hockey. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Yeah. You got anything else? Nice bird cage, but when you think about it, what are you really protecting? <laughs> it's nice that the girls are letting you play, but you're not a girl. Yeah, yes, I am. I am. No, you're not. Are you really? Holy fuck. <laughs> anyway. Love letter, Kenny. <clears throat> yes. All right, you really want to talk about something that has nothing going on for it right now? Talk about the Rangers? Rangers. So the only thing that I've seen is that, once again, John Daniels can now keep saying that he is undefeated whenever it comes to arbitration. He's never had to take any Rangers player to court ever. So you've got Gallo and Kiner Falefa, who have now been... Signed and ex, uh, they've, ex, they've agreed yeah. to ex, uh, an, an extension. Yeah, per, an extension is if you want to call it, but it's it makes you wonder because Gallo will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. So I'm wondering, does Gallo finish next year in a different uniform? You mean like this coming? Season? Yes, this coming season. Like he's he's a UFA at the end of this season. Because that's how long this ex- this extension, I guess, if you want to call it, goes for uh, whenever it comes to Joey Gallo. So I'm wondering, <clears throat> it seems like that if the Rangers were going to involve him in the plans for the future, I-, I think that they would have probably tried to get him a better deal than this. I think that they would have tried to extend him maybe another five years or something. But it- right now, I just think that it seems like that they're just trying to give him just a little bit of cushion for this year and then they're they're pretty much just saying like just hold tight we're gonna get you to a better team uh i mean yeah i i could see that there's also like i don't know joey gallo has not made it apparent at all if he's unhappy you know he didn't have to be unhappy i, but... I know i know I'm, I'm just saying like it for most guys if they're if they've been on a team and it's 
they've been on the team for more than a couple of years and they've had some really good teams and they've had some, some success. They want to try to stay with that team. You know what I mean? Cause the, the first time you leave a team is, is uh, always the hardest from, from what I understand, because you know, people never finish with the same team anymore. And so it's, it's like a, like a, an achievement to go your whole career playing for one team, you know? Yeah. And that's any sport. I know that's any sport, but, but it's, uh, so I, I, I don't know. I feel like Gallo, I feel like it would, it would take Gallo wanting out for them to actually move him. Either Gallo wanting out or people willing to trade like, not even prospects, but young major league guys. You know what I mean? Well, and see, I think that multiple. It multiple. seems it seems like that with Gallo that it, it right now it's this is no longer about Gallo being the center fold whenever it comes to this team, like the crucial part. I don't think that the center fold. Yeah. You know, like the, the PlayStation. Yeah. PlayStation. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. We got him. But like both of us, like he's not a boy. He's yes. Yeah. Well, the center fold is always the best part. The part that folds out anyway, <laughs> the meat and potatoes. If you, if, if that tastes better going down, but it's Gallo is no longer going to be that, Big Center player piece. that that everyone's gonna kind of really look at and say this is his team. Like they're they're starting to kind of move away from that, and I think that I don't think so. But, see, to me, though, I think that I if mean, they were looking at, I, I think that if if they were looking at making Joey Gallo the centerpiece, then uh, we're. I think that they would have already looked to try and extend him longer than this because they're saying that uh, they're not. The Rangers' window is not to win now. Like probably. Whenever Gallo's like in his 30s is whenever things are probably going to start looking like that the Rangers should be turning that corner. And I don't know whether Gallo wants to stay for it or not, I think is irrelevant in the minds of John Daniels and Chris Wilson. I think that they look at that and say, look, we tried. This is on us. Wilson? Yeah. What's the the fucking new general manager? It's not Wilson. Chris Young. Chris Young, excuse me. I knew it was something, you know, C.J. Yeah. Wilson, Michael Young. Like, there was oh, something there. The hair. Oh, the hair. And the the hips. And the everything. Just boo you, C.J. Wilson. He was great for the first time. He was, he was okay. And so, anyway, <laughs> I, I think that what they're going to be doing is they're going to be looking to try and get something for Gallo, but not just necessarily just for the Rangers' benefit, but they also want to trade Joey Gallo somewhere where he knows that he could probably – have a better chance of winning while he's in the prime of his career. And I, I, I just think, I don't think that it's something that Joey Gallo will want out. I bet you Joey Gallo won't want to leave. The thing is, is that sometimes plans change, and I, I don't I don't see how Joey Gallo can fit into what the Rangers' next five-year plan could be. Like, you're, like you're going to keep this guy around that's going to lose a shit ton, but he's going to be this big star in the league. You know, like I, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think that, especially in baseball, like in basketball, it doesn't matter. You can have a guy like Russell Westbrook on a shitty Washington D.C. Uh, basketball team, 
And as long as Russell Westbrook is just doing great, then that's all that matters. I think in baseball, it's different. I think that you have to be, I mean, look at Mike Trout. Like Mike Trout is, even though he is kind of the exception to that rule, everyone can look at Mike Trout and say like, he's great but he's got a shit team around him. And that kind of tarnishes your legacy a little bit. Not that I'm sure that they care about their legacy because their legacy would be as if they go somewhere else and win. It, it looks better if you stay with the team and they build around you, and I get that. But right now, I just don't see how Joey Gallo could end up reaching his full potential if he were to stay with the Rangers. That's just, that's just how I kind of see it. I, don't, I wouldn't want him to go. And I don't think that the Rangers want him to go, and I don't think Joey Gallo wants to go. But if they sit down and they they and it looks like I think that they already have kind of looked at the pieces of their puzzle, and just go, I'm sorry, man, we'd love to keep you and bring you along for this ride, but you're just not a part of the future going like going forward. And I, I that's that's where I kind of see it going. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it just depends on what. Uh what John Daniels and Chris Young are, oh, yeah, are of course. actually planning. Cause when I'm in my mindset, what the smaller market teams, you generally, you get a little bit more leeway with the rebuild, but you also, your, your ownership and your management are going to want the rebuild turnaround to be much quicker than your larger market teams. Because the, the smaller the market, the less money they have, that they can lose, you know? And so with the Rangers, like, let's face it, although it geographically, they cover a fairly large portion, you know, a territory as far as the, the country, uh, the fans do it's, it's a small market cause it's not, you know, LA, New York, St. Louis, you know, it's not a big traditional baseball market. So, I think the ownership group might be looking for more of a quicker turnaround. And I think that might be what they're, what they're discussing is, okay, Joey, like we'll get you an arbitration and avoid that. But what we want to do is figure out like what your number is and how that's going to allow us to not just focus on rebuilding the young guys, but I, like rebuilding with just pure young players. I think what their goal is to, is to be young this year and let their young guys get uh, get experience and kind of develop a younger core and then bring in some of those bigger name pieces next year or the year after. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a five-year rebuild. I think they're looking for probably three years. And if that's the case, you're talking about Joey Gallo still in his peak in three years. Like, so I, I think that's what I'm saying is if the, if that's – it then I don't think the the Joey Gallo or Kiner Falefa going to or avoiding arbitration means that they're going to be trade bait at the in the middle of the year. I, think, I don't think I, Kiner Falefa will. I think Kiner Falefa's young enough. I just think Joey Gallo isn't. Like he's 27 now, and so I, it just seems like it's just kind of counterproductive to get your young guys all this play time, and then if they play well, then the rebuild is going the way that you want it. And I wouldn't. I, I don't think it's, they're going to look at going and signing any more big names. It, and it's what I mean by that is uh, is not necessarily like if they play well, but but bringing in like get, letting the young guys get their shot and figuring out the ones that are playing well and have a high ceiling and and are going to keep getting forward, keep getting better and better, and then the the ones that don't 
like maybe they need more time in double A and we bring in, you know, a couple guys on maybe a two or three year contract and then you're right back into maybe not necessarily like win a championship now, but competing for playoffs now. Well, and see, that's why I think that it's it's going to depend on how well this year goes. And you can say that with anything. Like, you sign yeah. Tom Brady. Yes, the name is great, but if you, if you don't make it to the Super Bowl, then it really wasn't what you thought, so you have to kind of let it play out. But it's the, here's how I kind of see it, is I think it's the same way. I see where you're what you're trying to say. Yeah. And I, I can see how if it does go that way, then you would want to look at maybe keeping Joey Gallo. The way that I kind of see it going is that if these young guys play as well as they looked at the end of last year, that it seemed like that everyone was starting to kind of come into their own. Mm-hmm. And if people can take at least the slightest step forward, and let's say that Josh Young comes in and plays as, it plays as well as we all hope that he will, I think that that's kind of like that window that goes, okay, like the young guys are playing better. We're, we don't want to go out and sign anyone else. We want to keep developing these young guys. Yeah. That's whenever they'll look at Joey Gallo before the trade le- deadline this year and say – Bro, I'm sorry. We've we need your yeah. no we need your no trade teams, and we're gonna have to. I seriously doubt John Daniels is gonna call Joey Gallo bro. But uh, like, I don't know. It, you he can't. Might. So I think that I think that if the young guys get better, which I think that they will, and they will play better, I think that that's whenever they'll look at Joey Gallo and say, "Sorry, this is gonna take what? longer than what we're really comfortable with doing with you." And now we need to find someone else that's gonna fill your spot here at left field or right field. Excuse me. <laughs> Left field. Potentially, but but what you're describing is a scenario where all the young guys that they bring up are, are playing well and progressing that the way that they would want them yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, and that doesn't but, mean that they're but, hitting 300, but, but if they're... with the whole team just about looks younger, save for, you know, Elvis and Joey Gallo, that's basically it. Uh, you're uh, talking Odor, you're talking I think. About is... a, oh, yeah, Odor. Yeah. But you're talking about, like, a... a, a like a scattershot kind of like let's just bring everybody up and see who's ready and that to me doesn't doesn't scream like oh they think that that uh all these young guys are gonna are gonna be where they want them to be i think what i i think it's probably more along the lines of we're gonna bring up and see who is ready to compete now yeah no that's and and see what our what what our strengths will probably be moving forward and then go get pieces that complement that now yeah yeah and i mean and that could be done with a trade yeah yeah, and so that's that's just why i and of course that's all that this is going to be because i think that this is going to be that first ever moving past the 2010 2011 rangers like this is the like that window has now completely shut as soon as they remove elvis andrews from the regular shortstop position and so that's that's just why like this is something that rangers fans have never seen before ever yes the rangers had their successes in the 90s but it was never it was never like world series contending success yeah it was always uh they made hey we made it to the playoffs two years in a row and won one game yeah yeah and and so this is this is going to be different because the rangers had their winning formula and they used that and now that formula doesn't work anymore because the game of baseball has changed. Like even in those ten years. Well, you also don't have the same manager. No. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. You know? Right. And so, it, well, and see, and sabermetrics are such a bigger part of baseball now than they were back then. And so it's just it's just a different game now. Yeah. And so with John Daniel stepping back, that that would be him saying kind of like, I don't know how to handle a rebuild of this caliber. 
because that's that's really what this is. It's it's an entire team rebuild. It's one yeah. of those things where people yeah. are looking at the Rangers. I honestly think people would look at the Rangers and say they're doing it right. They're doing it right. Like this isn't like one of the. This isn't like the Chicago Blackhawks and their rebuild. You know, like it's and, and of course I know that we've we've criticized Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves uh-huh. for what they've said, but in reality, the Blackhawks have not handled this rebuild very well. No, and it seems like that the Rangers are being patient no, it, with it. But if if Joey Gallo were to come in and demand like an insane contract, like a hundred million dollars over the next six years, and the Rangers were like, yeah, sure, that sounds good. And they started paying him, you know. Yeah, that's pretty much what the Blackhawks like did. Almost twenty million dollars a year. Then Joey Gallo turns around and complains about how long the rebuild is taking. Yeah, that that no, I, I think know. you're getting into Blackhawks territory. But. No, no, I know. I understand that. I understand that. I, I, so it's just just to kind of put my little final point on it is just I, like my big thing here this year is is I think we will see Joey Gallo in a different uniform. I think that the players will the the young players will have little flashes of greatness that management and uh the rest of the rangers organization is going to look at and see and go okay this is what we're trying to capture here Uh this is this is where the rebuild is going and we're looking for this little five game win streak that we had here or whatever i'm not trying to say that these new guys are going to come in and rock 30 homers and hit above 275 and all that but i'm thinking that if if we have like a collective group of people that are hitting like over 215 of course you take that, but I mean, you want it to be better, but I think that if you kind of see that, then you know that there is some greatness in there somewhere, and that's where I think that Chris Young will yes. Chris Young will look at Joey Gallo and say, like, I'm sorry, but you're just, like, as badly as you want to stay, you're just not a part of our plan, and we, we've got to get you somewhere else, and that's just the nature of the business, and yeah. so that's that's really can, my I last point, that. is I, that's where I see it going this year, and, and here's hoping, here's hoping. Yeah, yeah, real Real quick, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Go we ahead. don't really have much else to talk about. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What team would you want to see him? Oh fuck, go dude. To? Uh, what what team would I want to see yeah, him what go team, to? What team would you would you see him go to and go? Yeah, I, I can handle that. San Diego. Really? Just, yes, just because San Diego, the Padres are that team that have been so bad for so long. It would just be nice to see them kind of get a little pop and. Here's where everyone collectively groans and laughs at me, but I still love the band P.O.D. <laughs> exactly, and uh, and th- and they're all fans of like anything San Diego and stuff like that. So it's just like, well, you know, like if they're happy, then I'm happy. But but the Padres just once again though has been like they've been so bad for so long. It would nice. It'd be nice to see them actually competing, yeah. legitimately. And and they've already taken those steps that have looked like that they're potentially going to be able to do that this year so i I think san diego would be a good landing spot for him Uh, yeah i mean they're they're uh left fielders are brian o'grady and tommy fam so i don't know who they are yeah exactly exactly (laughs) uh so i mean they could like it would be yeah. It wouldn't be too far-fetched of a of an idea. Like it just depends on what San Diego would have to offer for Joey Gallo, which I mean obviously would be way a lot more digging that we don't have time to do right now, but yeah. we could we could potentially like that might be like another thing that if we kind of hear some rumors going or as we're still sitting here waiting trying to figure out when baseball's going to start. So maybe next week we can kind of dive a little bit deeper. I I know that I've said San Diego, but that was just off the top of my head and uh 
Yeah, and so yeah, that is, uh, 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 stealing Harvard reference. Yes, yes. Go. Thank you for the yes, <laughs> like lighting it on fire and tossing it off the face of a cliff. It's coming off the top of my head. So I, I okay. So I'll, yeah, go I'm ahead. Give, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna give uh, two teams. One is who I would like to see him go, like where I would like to see him land for him. You know what I mean? Like a contender, uh, and. That would honestly be, excuse me, the Braves. Um, I don't know what their left field looks like this year, so I don't know. But that would be, I think that would be, honestly, actually, no, that's just the team. That's the one. Uh, because they're, they're my second favorite team anyway, so. It'd be a real easy transition for real, you. Real easy transition, and we get to go watch them play. Yeah, 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 we could, we could. And I think that, I think that would be uh fun they're they're a, a team that's got young players they've got uh like talent all over the place all over the place on that team and and uh obviously you know they were they they got pretty close to making it to the world series this year uh and they, they lost to the team that eventually won so uh i would have said the dodgers but the dodgers have mookie Betts in left field and yeah and that's and, not gonna yeah yeah like Love Joey Gallo, but that that would be a downgrade, because uh, Mookie Betts is insanely good. Not sorry, not left field, right field. Yes, but Joey Gallo is a right fielder anyway. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know what we're talking about. Well, Chu was Chu was right field. No, Chu was left field. Chu was left field. Okay, yes. I see. Shows you how much I know. <laughs> right field anyway. So, I mean, we'll 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 see what happens. That's just little but just a bold prediction whenever i saw that they only agreed to a one-year extension for Gall- not not kiner falefa i think eventually kiner falefa is going to get a contract and i think he's obviously earned one but just gallo whenever i saw it was just a one-year extension i'm like mm, i bet you someone else is going to be paying the rest of that salary yeah, well so we'll see so. maybe it's one of those deals where it's like you know hey joey like go there we're gonna get a bunch of prospects go there like get your ring see you in six months yeah right right yeah then just come <laughs> right on back <laughs> so all right you want to move on to trivia now trivia all right so this last week luka Doncic passed michael jordan which is huge um but uh, Luka Doncic passed Michael Jordan for 17th all-time for triple-doubles in an NBA career. He is now tied with Grant Hill for 15th. Here is the trivia question. Of the top 20 NBA players in the history of the NBA, the top 20 of triple-double leaders... There is only one person who is not currently playing right now that is not in the Hall of Fame. Who is that one player? See, you could give me... I could actually look at the list. Like, I could look at the top 20 and still not know. Do you want me to... uh, (laughs) Do you want a a hint, at least? Sure, why not? This hint's not going to help you, but it does make it relevant. Okay. This guy ended his career... With the Dallas Mavericks. That's what makes it relevant. Actually, I think that might have helped me. Okay. I, I'm not telling you what years he played. 
but he is no longer playing. And I honestly think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's just, he's not. And I don't think he will make the Hall of Fame. There's just too many people in front of him. But anyway, there's the trivia question. Think about it. We'll come back to it. I bet. Yeah, there's no way I know. See, that, I bet you could probably <laughs> tell me the top five. The top five? Yeah, the top five. Uh, okay, so I would go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No. No. Nope. He's not. You know, he's not even. He's not even in the top twenty. Okay. So then maybe not. <laughs> there's two people. Two people are still playing today. Still playing today. LeBron James. Yep. He's number five. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Yep, he's number two. Um, then Oscar Robinson. He's number one. Um, number four played for the Mavericks. Oh. Uh, Won uh, a championship with them. Dirk. No. Not triple doubles. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's number four. And, and number three played for the Lakers. Oh. 70s and 80s. Shaq. <laughs> Nailed it! No, Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> no, seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, Magic, Magic Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Thank Magic you. Johnson. No, Wilt Chamberlain. Hey, when you said when you said Lakers, I was in my mind went Kobe. No, nah, he didn't pass enough. No, you didn't. Wilt Chamberlain is sixth. So yeah, it's Oscar uh, Robertson, Russell Westbrook, Magic Johnson, Jason Kidd, LeBron James. That's the top five. LeBron James. LeBron James. So all right. So just. Who is the one person that's on this list that is not currently playing that is not in the Hall of Fame? You want to guess now? No, 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 no. Just okay. reiterating the question. So. Okay, okay. And we'll come back to it because we'll do a Mavs segment here in a second. But do you want to talk Cowboys? Sure. So the one thing we did not mention last week that we should have, but it just kind of slipped through the cracks because Dan Quinn didn't even get hired until, yeah. well, until we were recording. And so... Uh, until after we recorded. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. I thought it was during recording. No, it was like the next day. Oh, okay, then. Vinny, there we start go. Start recording. Uh, it was uh, the thing that we forgot to mention is that Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan has been fired as the defensive coordinator after one year. But I mean, it's. Oh, I thought I was gonna say that he celebrated his one year anniversary of being the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. But okay. No, he uh, <laughs> he didn't even make it a full calendar year. Uh, and so so Mike Nolan, which for obvious reasons, I think if you were to look yeah. at any coach, I think in any sport, really, what? right now, I think that I think that Mike Nolan was going to be like top of the list where you have to look at it and say, yeah, yeah this is this is one of those years that kind of needs to be swept under the rug for most people but if your defense is going well, like, to that's like, what you're going to get with that guy because, and you're because the defense like the defense for the cowboys last year the strong suits were the defensive line and the linebackers this year the linebackers they i mean they they really yeah jalen smith was in like uh was like leading the league in tackles like halfway through the season and I'm pretty sure he stayed up near the top. Uh, but it's because he was always, always, always having to run people down. And because the the opposing offenses were able to say, oh, well, your your secondary is trash. So, like, 
we're just going to go mid-range passes all day long and get you running that way and then, oh, hand it off. Uh, and see, I just think that whenever it comes to, especially especially a coach like Mike McCarthy, he is very offensive first. Yeah, so you really, and, and you so really you need, need a strong defensive coordinator that can uh-huh. kind of, that can really be like head coach one B right. is really how it Which, goes because Mike McCarthy is pretty much taking and I mean look at the person that they've replaced him with I mean like he he took over for Seattle right as the Legion of Boom started to really become the Legion of Boom and I mean that's his baby right there I mean he did some things on defense that. Only the 85 Bears did. And like you can obviously say that that 85 Bears team had the greatest defense in the history of the NFL. So if, you're, if your defense is being mentioned in the same breath as those 85 Bears, yeah. then you've really got that figured out. And if you look at Dan Quinn's past coaching jobs, too, he's he was very much a, uh, a defensive line coach first. That's how, he, that's how he really got his start in professional mm-hmm. football was being D-line coaches. And all we've ever had to say about the Cowboys this season, at least, is that their front is is really, really, really solid, and it's start and it, it was really starting to make itself known those last games whenever they were going on those three game winning streaks and stuff like that. Like their their front their front seven was really starting to cause like a like a lot of fumbles for running backs and quarterbacks getting sacks yeah. and everything. And so, really, all Dan Quinn has to kind of do is come in and fix this secondary that somehow some way got worse than last year i mean byron jones was important i didn't think he was that important so it makes me wonder first of all did the cowboys know that they were going to go after dan quinn whenever they let mike nolan go because it seemed like that it took them a little longer to let mike nolan go than i really thought that they were going to so whenever it kind of reached that point where the season was over and no moves had been made, I was sitting there thinking, I guess everyone's job is safe for now because usually it's like that day the season ends, like that's whenever coaches start getting fired. But it took about a week, maybe maybe five five days to a week before they finally did that, and then it took them another week to announce that Dan Quinn was hired on as the head coach. So I'm just, I, I'm just wondering, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but... They had to have known something, and if you look at it and you've got Dan Quinn available, sorry, Mike, we we've got to let you go. But oh, yeah. this was an easy decision for us. You made it easy for how terrible the defense was, and you've got players that went and were saying that the coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing and stuff like that. Like that has to also fall on Mike Nolan too. Like like you never heard anyone on the offense say anything like that. It was always the defense. So you've got to know that. Yes, is it Mike McCarthy's team? Of course, but. Whenever your defensive coordinator is putting a defense that's as historically bad as this one was, you've got to know that he's going to have to he's going to kind of play a part in that. So yeah, I bet you Dan Quinn can kind of come in and get this team a lot more focused. And I'm wondering who they're going to go after now in free agency because there's someone that Dan Quinn is very familiar with that's going to be a free agent this year. And I just don't know if the Cowboys want to pay over the money that they're going to have to do for Russell, uh, uh, for Richard Sherman. I mean, he's going to be what he's one of those players that's still playing great. Like he, he really is. I know that San Francisco had a bit of a, of a backslide this year, but I, they were riddled with not just injuries, but also, uh, I mean, not just COVID 
yeah problems but they also had injury problems too like every everyone on their offense got hurt and the defense can't do everything but if you look at some of the things that like if like I've looked at a few videos of people breaking down how Richard Sherman played this year mm-hmm. and he's still got a lot left in the tank and yeah, I wouldn't say a not, lot, but he's still playing at an elite level. He's, he's just still, more under he's the radar. Still a elite. lot better than what we've got. Yeah, than anything that we have right now. And since Dan Quinn kind of has a good, he he established History a good with rapport him. with him and all that stuff. Yeah, him. he's got yeah. And Earl Thomas. I know, I know. I just I just don't know if uh, I I don't know about don't Earl know Thomas. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's going to be even, even not, as especially a not fan, especially not both of them. I don't know if that's worth the drama there yeah i don't think so either and i think richard sherman has kind of just shown like like whenever he was at his best people looked at him was like oh man this guy's arrogant he's cocky and like i don't want any part of that i mean he's just competitive yeah that's all it was like yeah and and i mean if you look at it he's not like that now no he's not i mean ever hear him running his mouth Ever. Well, even if even if he did though, like it's still one of those things that I like. Who cares oh, if you I, run your mouth? Yeah, like, that's I, what like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not. When I say running running his mouth, I don't mean like uh, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I, I mean mean uh, like just trash talking and, yeah. and getting into it. You know, there's I, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I I don't know if I like. I know that Richard Sherman is available now. He is an unrestricted free agent, and I mean, with Dan Quinn getting hired here in Dallas. I don't care how bad the team was before. The Dallas Cowboys are always a sexy market to go to just because it is the team in the NFL. You can always argue that because the the NFL is better whenever the Cowboys are, whenever the Cowboys are better. They're the Yankees of football. Yep. They really are. They, I, and so it's just one of those things that you kind of look at. They're the Lakers of the NBA. You know, it's just like, like you, you look at those one teams that like in, in the NHL, you can probably say it's Pittsburgh. Like whenever the, whenever the Penguins are better, more people are going to watch because people love to hate the Penguins. They, they just do. And so I, you can probably say that the Cowboys are that team in the NFL. And so I don't think it's too far-fetched to think that Richard Sherman might want to come here, maybe sign like a little two-year deal for like $20 million. And uh, I mean, I say a little. That's nothing little. But yeah, like know. you said, Ooh, it's $20 better. million dollars is still a lot for a cornerback. Yeah, I know. I know. But I mean, but still Russell. Russell. Goddamn. Uh, Richard Sherman can kind of command money like that. Like maybe maybe not that much, but I'm just saying like you sign him to like a yeah. two-year deal. It's kind of kind of allowed these younger players to kind of get better. And, uh, and and they learn from him too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. So I, I don't know. It was just It was just something that I saw, something that I was reading and it was just an interesting thing that I think that if the Cowboys did decide to pursue that and if they got it I would look at that and say I I would look at that and say that is huge for this defense Mm -hmm. because this is exactly what they needed they needed this 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 head coach caliber type of defensive coordinator I mean look at like it's kind of like I I can see this as kind of being like a Wade Phillips kind of situation where he tried his hand at coaching and I mean don't get me wrong being, uh, being a head coach and it was okay yeah and it was fine and and don't and I mean listen Dan Quinn will enough. always be that coach that blew the twenty eight to three lead like that's just who he will always be yes. But, but he can kind of he comes of their offense. yes absolutely because their offense stopped scoring and you know that you weren't going to keep that Patriots offense f- from being as ineffective as they were like all they had to do is get one more fucking touchdown and it would have been done and that still falls on dan quinn it does but also you can look at it and say that that team that he had this year is very much an aging a a very 
quickly aging Atlanta Hawks team. You know, like th- yeah. th- that team is nowhere near what it used to be. You know, Julio Jones is still great. Matt Ryan is still okay. You know, but it's just like the yeah. rest of the team around them, like it's just nowhere near as dominant as they were even three years ago. So I, I think that this would be a good way for Dan Quinn to kind of come and show that I couldn't crack it as a head coach, which is fine, because I think Wade Phillips is going to make the Hall of Fame just because of how good his fucking defenses were. Yeah. As I think Wade Phillips will make it as a co- as a defensive coordinating coach. Yes. And so yeah, I, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that Dan Quinn will do that, but I think that if he comes to Dallas, wins a Super Bowl here with a defense that was super fucking elite— then you can look at it and say, was he a head coaching guru? No, but is he a defensive guru? Absolutely. And I think that this team, this offense especially, is set up for the Cowboys to win and win a lot in the yes. future. Oh, yeah. And it's a few, a few moves on the defensive side of the ball and getting a good scheme in there and somebody who, you know, who, like you said, is a head coach caliber as far as the, the, uh, the leadership is concerned. I mean... It's gonna. It should work wonders for your defense. You you draft a couple defensive backs. Maybe bring in a Richard Sherman. Maybe you know, make a couple other moves on that side of the ball, and you could have it. You could you could have this defense go from, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league, to a legit Super Bowl caliber caliber defense, and you wouldn't even need them to be that good. You would just need yeah. them to be a playoff caliber yep. defense. And 15 to 10, yeah, know, somewhere yeah. around there. Ten, I mean, obviously 15th in the league yep. and the Cowboys will be knocking on the door of the yep. Super Bowl. I, I agree. I and agree. It's, and it's, it's hard to disagree with, with that because I mean, once Andy Dalton got his feet under him, they were scoring with Andy Dalton, <laughs> right? Andy yeah. Dalton and, and, and no, and, and, and Zeke wasn't even really a factor and either. Connor Williams uh-huh. as your best lineman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Mike McCarthy's, (laughs) yeah, I know, I know. I mean, and Mike McCarthy's offensive schemes can work, you know, it's, it's not even just that it's the talent on that side of the ball. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Talent on that side of the ball between CD lamb, Amari, not Amari, Amari Stoudemire. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. That is an offensive powerhouse and a defensive struggle if I've ever fucking heard one right there, man. Amari Stoudemire, I mean, fuck, a, man. I a think great, a great go route, terrible jump shot. Dude, uh, I fucking think Amari Stoudemire, a fucking <laughs> damp mop and a dry bucket could play better defense than that guy, you know? Like, it's just, whoa, that's Freudian slip right there, baby. Oh, man. And now I can't think of his Amari name. Cooper. Amari Cooper, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, uh, with Dak Prescott under Dak and what's Prescott what's the back, name of Zeke, what, Tony Pollard? What's the name of the that uh, that uh, tight end that we were talking about last Blake, week? Blake Jarwin? No, 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 no. no. The one, um, the one that the one that really looked great against the uh, the the one bright spot in that game remember, against New York. I don't remember. I don't remember his name. So, but yeah, the offense has all the talent that you really need in order to kind of to in order to uh sorry yeah in order oh, to execute execute the schemes that need to be done it's just yeah michael gallup is a legit number two receiving option on any other team i agree on any other team it's just he's on a team that has legitimately two number one receiving options like it's the the cowboys offense is going to be so 
ridiculous. Yeah, next that's year. that's obviously not the problem. The problem they're is gonna, they're gonna they're gonna put up some points. So Dalton I, Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put up some points. And uh, honestly, yeah, I think I think tenth or fifteenth in the league. If you can if you can give up an average of you know twenty one points a game. I think you're winning most games by about 14 points. I, th- I think that that's this. I think that's the same with any team. Like, tw- like 21 points is like the maximum that you kind of want to get to. There, like you do, like 21 to 24 is probably I would say yeah. is where you want your defense no, but to I, be. I, I'm still, I'm still saying like if you if you do that, I think the Cowboys are still winning by multiple touchdowns. Yeah, I mean it's just games. here's here's just hoping that everyone can kind of. St- I think that because we've been we've been talking about this whole time, like what is the incentive for Dak Prescott to stick around? What is the incentive? Like, how can this team make it look appealing to Dak Prescott to not even maybe even think about going to so- going somewhere else? And I think that this is that move. I mean, everyone is all talking about right now how Deshaun Watson is not happy with how the Texans were, whatever, and all that stuff. First of all, I think that that's fucking ridiculous. Like I understand that I understand that Deshaun Watson is that talent on that team and that's it and you've got to keep your star happy but at the same time I I just I don't think that that is a public knowledge kind of thing and oh, I know yeah I don't think that should have made should have been made public knowledge yeah, but I don't yeah. think he's the one who did it I think I think somebody else let that slip. Oh no no no! And I'm not saying that that's I'm not saying that. Oh, Deshaun Watson is a terrible person. Okay, like he, of okay. course, he deserves yeah. the right to be upset and frustrated. Yeah. But this is not one of those things that I think that should ever really. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Dak Prescott, I don't think, has a reason to kind of look at the Cowboys organization other than the fact that they haven't paid him. Yeah. But Jerry Jones should rectify that this offseason. That should be the last thing that they do in order to say, Dak, this is your team. But this is that first major piece that needed to be that needed to be uh, put in place is because yeah. I, like, like he, you've got to look at it and say, how is this team better than it was last year? Yeah. You at quarterback, Dan Quinn at the helm on the defensive side of the ball, it doesn't get much better than that. I think what they do is they uh... – they don't sign a deal with Dak and people start to freak out. Uh, and then they go through free agency. They maybe pick up a guy like free, uh, like Richard Sherman. Uh, and then they draft and they sign their draft picks. And then they turn around and they go, how far under the cap are we? All right, the rest of it's Dak's. Yeah. Yeah. If only. That's uh, the. I, I mean, mean, that's the way it should go. If only. Yeah. Uh, because... I, <sighs> I mean, at this point, wouldn't you? Because even if even if the plant, because I've seen some people on Twitter, uh, you know, not anybody who, you know, is worth anything, but I've just seen people talking on Twitter saying like, oh, well, let Dak walk and try to get Deshaun Watson. Well, well, A, you'd have to trade for him. And B, right, right. He what type of money do you think he wants? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah dude he's like the yeah the, probably the, he's probably more, gonna want more yeah more yeah he's probably gonna want more than what Dak prescott is gonna be asking for yeah considering he he was on a, a four win five win team yeah and uh had statistically one of the best seriously yeah statistically yeah a top 10 all-time season by a quarterback crazy yeah i know so i mean crazy. it really is we what we think thought the whole Cowboys situation was is that it was like Dak Prescott was the talent and then just all of his little bitches that are around him 
in reality, like that's Houston. That's Houston. It's Deshaun Watson and then fucking no one. Well, especially now that they got rid of DeAndre. Uh, I mean, well, when they left. Yeah, whenever they. Yeah, I was about to say a while ago. But, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's that's really the situation in Houston right now, and I feel badly for Deshaun Watson, and now it's even got bad for JJ Watt. Dude, I do too, and you I mean, know JJ. I feel bad for both of them. He's not gonna go anywhere, man. Exactly. He's not why, gonna go that's anywhere. Why I feel bad for yep. JJ more so than Deshaun for two reasons. JJ's been there longer, and he's not gonna go anywhere. And JJ's trying to save Whataburger. You just gotta love the guy for that. I know. You gotta love him for it, man. He's he might be from Wisconsin, but I think JJ Watt is just right here, right now. We're gonna stamp it. He is an honorary Texan. Yeah. Oh yeah. So JJ Watt, yeah, I've, you're right. I wasn't even thinking about that. It's just Deshaun Watson has just been kind of taking over the, yeah. ta- taking over the news the stories, the headlines, and all that stuff. Just because JJ Watt is obviously on his way out, yeah, and Deshaun but, Watson is on his way up. But you want to talk about somebody who has been uh, vocal in their criticisms for the past couple of uh, past couple of weeks. JJ Watt. Oh, I know. Yeah, I but, know. And but, it's just, and, it's just still once again. So you know, but um, like, I just going back to the Cowboys. I don't see that being the situation that the Cowboys are going into because of how the Cowboys were able to perform down the stretch. Yes, they did that against bad teams. Uh. But not all of them were that bad. You know, almost all of them going into the game, it was like, this is a better team than the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys won. Oh, the Cowboys kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so, it, I I personally am not, I'm still not sold on the Mike McCarthy hire. I know no, his I'm not trying to. are still, you know, still great. But I'm personally not sold on it. I think they're... I think there were better head coaching options out there, but you know, I we're stuck with it now. You know, like because this is this is easily Excuse a Jerry me. Jones. This is easily a Jerry Jones hire, and we've yeah. already talked about that. But like Jerry Jones is going to go down with his ship. Yeah, he will. So we're stuck with Mike McCarthy at least for five years. I, I would say probably more. So it's just going to depend on how the like. It really is going to depend on how great this defense can be not great but if this defense can even just get better yes because it can't go anywhere but up yeah if they can turn into a solid defense just at least show the progress of it you know and then like maybe go out and uh maybe with their draft pick uh get a get sertan yeah i think that that would just be a and dude and i just love the movie dude where's my car and that's just like the the whole zoltan. Uh, zoltan thing like oh man that would just be perfect to cover this team with a with a kid on their team named sertan like it just it, the, the jokes would just be sertan. great there you know so it would be awesome and then it's you could just, like show up the, in the bubble wrap Z, but just do it yeah but just do backwards. it backwards yeah. uh-huh yeah just do an s sertan, sertan. <laughs> and then no no and then so I and you get someone like that and then sign Richard Sherman. I think he could be he really could be there to mentor Take some young kid. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's that's where I see it going. And I don't think that this Cowboys team is is as big of a dumpster fire now that we've kind of put the fire out. 
and have kind of been able to kind of reassess. I think, really honestly, I think that what we thought the Cowboys were is what Houston is. Yeah. So at least we could look at Houston and go, at least we're not that bad. Yikes. And the Cowboys can... I, I think that that's enough of like a little motivating pickup right there because like uh, the, everyone on the Cowboys can see what it's at like in Houston at, right at now. At and least be like, we're not the worst team in Texas. At least, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I here's the, here's hoping. The Giants have been saying that for years. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I and then the Jets were like, at least we actually play in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Burn. Sorry, Newark. We still love you. The Giants don't play there, do they? No, I know. No, they don't. But still, they play yeah, in New Jersey. Yeah, but it's what? Uh, what is it called? It ain't Secaucus Secaucus. Well, I know, but like what? Doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Newark, send us an email. Let us know. Yeah. Please. All right. So I in just to kind of just put a little bow on it, I guess. Um, oh, you did put a bow on it. <laughs> I love this move from the Cowboys. I think that this was the I think this was the perfect yeah. defensive coordinator to go out and go get. Yeah. Period. Like this was just this was the right move to make, the perfect move to make, and I'm glad that they did it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know who was behind this call, but just fucking good on them. Yeah. I mean it makes me excited now for next year. To and to actually cover a team that I think will actually be good. As long as Dak Prescott can fuck everyone else, as long as Dak Prescott can stay healthy, this team will always have a chance. And especially in a in a division that's as bad as it is right now. Yeah, the, like the window for the Cowboys is now. It yeah. is now, yeah. and you're seeing it. Well, and you can afford to. In a division as bad as this, you can afford to take more risks in the regular season to see what might work and what might not so like um <clears throat> come playoff time you'll have more experience with different things does that make sense yeah okay so like you know give your give your backups more time so that if you're in the playoffs and you're and you're you know your stud defensive uh, you know defensive end goes down well our backup also played a lot and is ready to go you know? Yeah. So, anyway. I was just trying to be positive. No, you're good. No, no, you're this good. Very, no. This, is, this is the trajectory of most uh, Dallas uh, sports podcasts. Is a whole lot of negativity during the season, and then the postseason starts, and it's literally one week, one week later, and we're like, Hey, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. Well, one week, one week ago, <laughs> Mike Nolan was still the was still the the defensive coordinator, yeah. and it didn't look like anything was going to change. Yeah, yeah. And now, one week later, this is a good example of like how everything can change in a week. One week later, you got Dan Quinn as your it's defensive the, coordinator, and everything, all is right in the world, and there it's now sunshine and rainbows. Dude, we should have named we shouldn't have named the fan the podcast the Drunken Fan. It should be called Hometown Kool Aid. Hometown Kool Aid. Damn, that's a good one. Why? Because that's what we do. I, we just. I we thought you were the, gonna say the drunken Dan. Like, no, oh my god, dude. We, <laughs> we drink. We drink the Kool Aid for all of our hometown teams. You know. That's cool. Hey. It's like I, every every move we're like, yeah, I, 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 I can see it. Not every move. Not every. There, there. No, I was about no, to say. Yeah, not every. Move. I was about to say. But but uh, you know. Well, all right. You ready to move on? Talk about the Mavs? Because I'm not looking forward to this. 
Did you hmm. want to talk Big 12? Well, we'll do that. We always do that last. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, the Mavs... Yikes. Here's the thing. Yikes. I know that the Mavs are dealing with a lot right now, and I know that Por- Porzingis did come back this week, and he looked great in that first game back. They took care of a Charlotte Hornets team that they should have never lost to in the first place. But then, like, it was... That was, like, the one bright spot, including the game that they're playing right now that they're losing to Toronto, who is one of the worst teams in the East. And it was the same thing with Chicago, who, again, is another one of those teams in the East that are... They're not even competing for a playoff spot. They're just playing for pride now. And yes, Luka Doncic is doing all this great thing, these great things with personal statistics. And after the Chicago game, it's nice to see that he can look at it and say that I was being selfish, even though my personal stats are great. Uh, I I was looking for more shots than I really should have, rather than trying to pass people open and do yeah. what I can to help the team. He was just trying to put everything on his back yeah. and and say, follow me guys. And it just wasn't enough. Obviously like they lost by 16 points to Chicago. And then that game against Milwaukee, here was the thing is that they were in it all the way up until the very end. But here's the thing that separates really great teams from really good teams is it seemed like that every time Milwaukee needed a big defensive stop. They like if you, if if you go down to if the Mavs go down to their end and they could they could have like extended the lead more, but Milwaukee needed a stop there, they got it. If they needed a basket, they would go down there and they did it. Like it's I know that that's super obvious, but that's the only way that you can explain that game because even whenever the Mavs took their first lead of the game there at the end of the fourth quarter whenever it was kind of dwindling down, yeah. you're looking at it going that's great but there's still two minutes and 50 seconds left on the clock. Like, it's good that they have the lead, but yeah. it's not like you make that basket, put you up two points with 37 seconds to go, and you just need one more big defensive stop. Like, that's the kind of buckets that you need to be making, again, especially against really great teams like that. And I know that they 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 did what they needed to do against Milwaukee in the preseason, but this was like national TV, two of the best teams in the league two MVP candidates once again, and Milwaukee just took it and ran with it right there at the very end of the game and 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 put the put a distance between them and the Mavs. And if the Mavs drop this game tonight against Toronto, which it's looking like they're going to because right now they're down 83 to 99 with 6 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like they need a big push here and it's it's not looking like that they're going to get it. So I know that they didn't have Porzingis for a while, and Porzingis has come back, and he's looked great. Him and Luca are really meshing well together, but now they're riddled with COVID cases, just like the Stars were, but it wasn't in the middle of the season, and the Mavs have enough people to suit up, but it's looking like that the team that they put out on the floor right now cannot compete, and they're, like, once again, you in a shortened season, you don't have a whole lot of time because it, like, it, yeah. was, it was nice that we come back, and it's like, oh, they're above 500 for the first time all season things are starting to look great and now if they lose tonight which like i said that it's looking like that they're going to they're going to be back to being under 500 and they're not even sitting in a playoff spot right now in the west right and see at this point you're you're looking at this and you were like okay like i know that there were some 
learning curves with this season and Luca didn't get off to a great start. But all of that's now behind us. And Luca's really playing great right now, and it really is awesome. But you know, I'm not. It, it's fun to sit there if you're if you're content with watching Russell Westbrook get triple double after night after night after night. Then that's fine. And even if Russell Westbrook is okay with that, then that's that's him. I don't want to see that continuously. I would I would sacrifice triple doubles for wins all day every day. And yes. I think Luka Doncic would too. I th- I honestly do think that now that what they're having to do is it, it, like they're having to adjust again mid season like they like they get Porzingis back and they they beat an inferior team in the Charlotte Hornets like they should have beforehand and now it's like okay if we would have had Porzingis you wouldn't have beaten us the first time and that was like really great but now every game since then this is going to be a, right now we can say that they have a two game losing streak they lose tonight which it's looking like that they might. Mm-hmm. I mean, you drop the game to Milwaukee is fine. Chicago and Toronto is inexcusable. And now it's about to get even worse for them because they've got the Pacers next. And then they've got the Spurs, again, all on the road. And I know that that doesn't really mean a whole lot right now just because home field advantage doesn't really, or home court advantage, doesn't really have a as much of a ring to it because there's no fans in the building, but just still, it's just playing road games. You've always got to kind of get up for those. And so I like, I don't really know what else to say. They, they, the Mavs in order to stay competitive, like they really need to win. They really need to win these next two games against Indiana and San Antonio, which they could. Indiana's one of those teams though, that has really started to, return to like those old Indiana Pacers teams that I'm not saying that they're as good as they were whenever they had Reggie Miller and all that, but, but they're starting to really kind of establish themselves in an Eastern conference that is really starting to find its own footing because for the longest time, it was always the how great the Western conference was. And now the Eastern conference is really starting to pick up their game. So it's not going to get much easier for them because then you've got, you've got Indiana and then you've got San Antonio and San Antonio it is do you, do you think i mean this is not not exactly mavs related but do you think that that's the lebron effect and by that i mean do you think it's that in the uh in teams in the conference where lebron is not playing teams can uh, there there's more um there's less disparity between the two of them so uh, between between the teams because you don't need to necessarily have a super team to compete in that conference Whereas, well, if fuck, you're, dude. If you're in whatever conference LeBron's in, you know he's gonna have a super team, and you're gonna you're gonna have to do that. Well, and now you're there's gonna a... have to do that to compete. So you're gonna have two or three, maybe four teams in that league that will compete. You know, in, in during the regular season, but everybody pretty much knows, like, all right, we're we're probably you know, we're probably not gonna compete in the playoffs, and it's probably gonna be LeBron and and you know whichever his big three is or big two now, but you know, with Anthony Davis, you don't really need another one. (laughs) Yeah. I, and I, uh, right now there is a big three in the East with the James Harden trade going to Brooklyn. And Oh my God, I would much rather, that is the one team right now that I do not want to see win because it's top 10 NBA scores in NBA history are now on the same fucking team. 
So now what it's going to look like is is that if you're not well, happy with your the same team. Kevin Durant and James Harden did, but not yeah. uh, 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 not Kyrie Irving. Right. I'm just I'm just saying, oh, saying like it's just, there's three top ten. Is that, is yes, that yeah, the, oh. like all three of them are like top gotcha, ten in gotcha, NBA gotcha, scoring gotcha. and like the history. I thought you meant just, like, the, I you meant no, just two. No, 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 gotcha. no. It's like no, all three of those guys. And I know Kyrie Irving's got his whatever problems that he's dealing with right now, and just what a fucking shit show Steve Nash has inherited. But now, like they like the Brooklyn Nets are now this team that's the favorite to come out of the East. They're probably now favorite to win to the like the whole thing now, even over LeBron and them. And I, I'm telling you, if this is the formula that it's going to take to win now, because yes, of course, the big three in Miami was a game changer. You can also say that the, like the the Celtics lost, were yeah, even the big one really, too because was, and you want to talk about someone who pissed and they, moaned. They started the big 3, but their big 3 was more like a medium. Well, three. and then it was uh Kevin Garnett in Minnesota just pissed and moaned his way out of out of uh out of Minnesota and into Boston. Yeah. It just wasn't as highly known because yeah, we didn't have social, social media, media and all that stuff, which is fine. I'm not someone that's going to be like, social media is the end of the world. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But James Harden, he just, he follow pretty much just. Follow us on Twitter, by the way. Huh? I said follow us on Twitter, by the way. Drunken fan and the number one. So whenever you, uh, <laughs> whenever James Harden just sits there and literally says that his team is not good. That's what he says. He goes, the Rockets just aren't good. Like you're like you're just sitting there, and it's all anyone ever has to do now is look at look at a situation. If they're not happy, just talk shit about their team, and then you'll get traded. And oh, here are my teams. Like any team that LeBron plays for, any team that Kevin Durant plays for, you know. Like it's just, and eventually Luca will probably be up there. Like it, but it's just everyone's looking to get out of their current shit situation. Yeah. And just go to another team and just instantly start winning. And th- like, if that's going to be the formula that it takes to win in the NBA now, like, I don't want to fucking be a part of it because it's not going to be any fun to watch any other team except for anyone in New York or anyone in LA because that's where everyone wants to fucking live. Nobody ever wants to live in the middle. You'll never see Milwaukee get great. You'll never see. Uh, you'll never see Indiana be great you'll never see the cavaliers be great ever again it's just always going to be the same fucking teams over and over and over again what about chicago chicago maybe maybe it's just like chicago and dallas i probably hold like in the same area where it's like well if i can't do la or that i'll go here but i'd rather do these ones and so it's just Anyway, that's that was Fair. just like a that's just like a huge rant. That, so, but yes, to answer your question, I think it is a LeBron effect. I think if people look and they're like, I want to get on a team with LeBron, and if they can't, well, it's like, well, then rather than try and beat them in the West all season long and then trying to beat them in the postseason, I'll just have to play them every now and again in the East, and then we'll have to play them in the finals after they've already gone through their test in the West. Yeah. And so I, well, I, I think that it is it does kind of have that that factor to it. Because Kawhi showed that now, like especially now, it, you don't necessarily need a super team to win, you know, and, and get there and and uh, and and win a national uh, a national champion, win an NBA championship. 
Not necessarily. If LeBron doesn't have <laughs> right, yeah. If, if LeBron is if LeBron is on a team by himself, then yes. That, if, but if he doesn't have like a big and see in in LeBron's defense, Jordan didn't do shit without Pippen. He didn't do shit without Rodman, and I understand that. But still, there's just something a lot more noble about them building around you rather than you running somewhere else. I know that Kevin Durant did it. Whenever he went to Golden State, a team that won 73 games before he fucking got there, but they didn't win the championship, and I get it, and then he comes there and he wins the the finals MVP and all that stuff. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but none of us are talking about Kevin Durant's legacy because we're – everybody I, – I mean, everybody I talk to would still say that Kevin Durant is obviously a top-five player in the league. But, yeah, I think but, so too. But but it's, it's, it's still chicken about, shit what he did. But it's not about his legacy, you know. LeBron care and, and you know it doesn't appear that Durant cares about his legacy. He cared about winning, and you know he's won now. Yeah, and that's fine. And, and, but you're but you'll never Le- be. LeBron cares about his legacy. Yeah, yeah. See, just so the that, way that that's what that's what I'm saying is it, is it seems like when you when we're talking about LeBron specifically, legacy seems to be on the forefront of his mind, but, and then that's when he, he went to the Lakers to prove that he didn't need that. And then they didn't make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, Oh yeah. He, he goes and brings in probably another guy who bitched and moaned about his current situation until he got traded to LA. I'm telling Uh you, dude, But, but they bring in probably, like if LeBron is the the best player in the NBA right now, Anthony Davis is second best. Yeah, I think so. And Co- and Kevin Durant's probably third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, well, maybe. I mean, he's showing it right now that he really is that great. It's just, but just still, it, it's but, just. But, that, but that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Th- this is, is the formula where it's heading right now because I mean, it was the same thing. Like it all started with Kevin Garnett getting out of Minnesota. Then everything is just kind of speedballed there, because because LeBron he didn't really complain to get out of Cleveland, but there's a reason why he went to Miami instead of well, Cleveland. And, you know, like they didn't he didn't re-sign with them and yeah, all that. And, I mean, just because it's well, and it's didn't didn't uh, didn't they lose? He lost to that team, right? Yeah, the the to uh, the to the Boston to, yeah to the Celtics several times. Yeah, it, but the, and it was the year that. He finally got over that hump and took Cleveland to the finals whenever he was this young kid trying to, and like it was whenever he finally beat Boston. I remember looking at that going like, yes, fuck yes, go get him, LeBron. And I was rooting for him hardcore. And it's one of those things where I think that, did he tarnish his legacy with the decision? Yes. I mean, he did what he needed to do to go win, and I I understand that. But And and that's, that's just why I look at it and say instantly right then and there, you will never be Jordan, my friend. You just, you just never will. And I, we've, we've completely gotten off, off topic here. But I just, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just There's one of those things. <laughs> it's just one of those. Yeah, I know. Or we can just sit here and bitch about how bad the Mavs are playing right now, which also fucking gets me pissed off right now too. Because it's just, yeah. This, this I feel like I'm in a dream yeah. right now. Where, like, have you ever been in a dream whenever you try and punch someone in the face? And you just punch so slowly, and then you make contact with their face, and, and they you, just kind of you and just they, hear it go. Yeah, and then they turn and look at you and go like that, and smack you, and you wake up and go, ah, oh, that's not how it would have happened. Like that in real life, I would have kicked the shit out of that guy. I so would have punched him. I feel like that this is the Mavs season this year. Is if 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 it's not, I understand that Porzingis was injured. 
But then Porzingis comes back. Now Porzingis is back. And now everyone's got fucking COVID. And I'm just sitting here just going like, ugh. We don't have time to fuck around right now. Yeah, if it's not one thing, it's another. It really is. So so the reason why I brought up the LeBron effect was, uh, do you ever see the Mavs creating a big three? Because they're really only one superstar away from doing that as of right now yeah and i think tim hardaway jr is gone after this year too i think that because he he could have opted out this year and it took him a while to opt in yeah and i think that the way that the season is going right now i mean and quite frankly with how poorly tim hardaway jr has not been playing recently but he started off poorly just like luca did and he's starting to find his footing but once again it's showing that it's not enough. Like you yeah. can't. Like you're. Like they're losing to teams right now. And I know that Hardaway Jr. was one of the guys that had to be quarantined because of contact tracing and all that stuff. Yeah. And I guess it turns out it's not a thing because he's playing right now. And it's just the whole Tim Hardaway Jr. experiment is really not working out that well. I mean, this maybe Seth Curry was as important because like the floor had to be spread a little more whenever he was shooting the three. So. And Luca right now is shooting the three horribly. Yeah. He's like nothing is fucking going in for him. Uh, I, with the exception, I think of that Chicago game. I think Chicago he finally started to find it. No, not in Chicago because that was the problem is that he wasn't making anything from three, which is amazing that he was able to drop thirty points anyway. So yeah. it just if he can't make three point shots, so I I think that the the sad reality is I think is they have to. They have to find another big player. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that Josh Green can kind of develop into that real true guard, that shooting guard that we all think that he can be. Because whenever he was in NC State, like he was amazing. And you could, with this COVID thing that's happening, Josh Green's starting to get a lot of playing time. Is he wowing people? No. No, he's not. Because he's just a rookie and he's. He's your average everyday rookie. You know, you can you can look at him and see that there's just some rust and some yeah. kinks that he's got to kind of smooth out. But I think that him being forced into these kind of playing situations will kind of get him groomed into the player that we really need him to be, especially after Tim Hardaway Jr. leaves at the end of this year, which I really do see that happening. I think that he's quickly going to be shoved into that role and say, hey, you need to fill these shoes. I don't know. Yeah, Mavs lost, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I could have fucking told you that. And so that's just so upsetting. And I just, I don't know what else to say right now. Just because. Well, it's, well I'm, try, I'm trying to get, I know you don't want to, like, the, the idea of a super team or the big three or whatever. I, it's it's uh, the way that it is now. Uh, yeah, I know. But what I'm mm. saying is, who do you, like, if you're Dallas, if you're the GM, if you're Donnie Nelson and you're looking at it going, we have to have a big three, at least, you know, if not a big four, uh, like legit super team, who do you go get? Uh, no one this year, I don't think. I don't well, think no, no, you're no, no, I don't, not I don't, this year. I'm talking about in the offseason. Uh, I'd, I'd have to look at things. I'd have to look at numbers, um, see where they're see where their uh, salary cap is and how much money that they have to really kind of play with right now. I know yeah. that I'm looking at, I'm looking at some, whoa, I'm looking at some uh, free agents right now. Oh no, this was, this was last year's. Yeah. 
That's what I need right there. I don't need anything else. I need this. Yeah, I was going to say Chris Paul. Like, what? Which I wouldn't consider him to be. I mean, he he's a star. I wouldn't consider him a superstar. I mean, anymore. he's doing great. Like, like he, he really is making Phoenix. Like, they're the number one team in the West right now. Like and, know, and see here was and see here was the thing with Phoenix is that they went into the bubble and they won like ten games in a row in the bubble and they just missed the playoffs. So it seems like that the, this Phoenix team is already really starting, starting to, to turn yep, around. Yeah, and yeah. then they got Chris Paul, which just shows you like how I mean I know we're we're giving uh, James Harden some flack for for talking about this, but it shows you how dysfunctional Houston really was when they had Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. And uh, 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 I'm drawing a blank. You talking about in in L.A.? No, 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 in Houston. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and uh, Chris Paul, or somebody else. Anyway, uh, three legitimate. Superstars. Yeah, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul. No, I think one, there was two, one, three. I think no, I think there was a, oh. a fourth one. But, I'm sure there was. Uh, uh, but anyway, you had those three guys at least, and you couldn't win. I think, you know, uh, I think that shows you that the, that organization just didn't necessarily know what it takes to win in the NBA now or, or how to do it because just putting together a super team doesn't mean, you know, just going out and getting the three biggest name free agents doesn't mean they're going to be able to play well together. And that is one thing I will say about LeBron is his quote-unquote super teams have always, 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 always been very complimentary yeah i agree i i mean it's and it, it all has to come down to how the organization is ran and i mean you i mean even the bulls of the 90s too they had their their owner was very um egocentric and he wanted to take mm-hmm. he wanted to take the credit for the team winning mm-hmm. not michael jordan right. and it forced michael jordan out of town after winning three championships and then he comes back and he went and like at, like Michael Jordan misses two years. The Bulls don't win those two years. Then he comes back and wins three in a row. And the owner still sits there and says that this is all me. This sixth championship is the last one, and all that. Like Phil Jackson will not be back. And it's so it it obviously comes down to more than just the players on the field, on the court, on the diamond, whatever you want to call it. it, yeah, it the yeah. organization has to be ran well. But that, but. but but that's that's what I'm saying is if you're Dallas, you look at your so far your your big two that you have right. Uh, you've got Luca, who is like Luca Magic, right? You know, he can shoot the threes. He's a little streaky on threes, but he can drive fairly well. He can assist. You know, oh yeah, like, he's doing great. He's, Better than anyone in the. Or, he's 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 real. Okay, well I say fairly well. I mean like he's. Dude, like, yeah. That's what he does. Yeah, absolutely. He drives. He's not so much your your you know like your uh three point your three and D guy, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh but then you've got Christoph Porzingis, who can also hit threes, but he's he's good in the post. You know, like he's not gonna out muscle anybody, but he's got good post moves and he can score in the post, he can score, you know, from beyond the arc. What, like, what type of player do you think is missing? Like that complimentary third piece. That's more the more what I'm talking about. Not not a specific. Oh yeah, I know. Player. I think you. 
man, you just you. I think you need a big, strong, big, like a true. Uh, not necessarily a true center, but like a true and I, th- I think big muscle power forward. I think that Tyler Bay could be that. I really do. I think that uh, they they just drafted him this year, but I think that if you want to kind of like look at a player that could potentially the uh, that could potentially make that big of an impact that you, the ones that you kind of need right now that would actually agree to come here mm-hmm. i think that the only one that i kind of saw looking looking through the list of the unrestricted free agents this year is jimmy butler i think that but see but jimmy butler now has this big tie to miami and i think that miami is going to do anything that they can to try and get him back so it's just it just really depends on i but Jimmy it, Butler, Jimmy Butler's also from Houston, and you know everybody in the NBA right now knows what a what a wreck that is. So if he's if he's wanting to come back, quote unquote, home, you know, possibly Dallas I, I mean, is the well, Dallas or San Antonio are there are the two options, and San Antonio is so anti big three that they've just decided that winning isn't important anymore. Yeah, it's just it's, see that's the thing that's just so hard to answer that question right now is just because it's it's hard to tell from what it seems like they need someone that can make threes consistently. Yeah. That's the that's the big thing because that was the that was their bread and butter last year and it worked for them better than it's working right now. But one thing you do have to give the Mavs credit for this year is how much better they have gotten defensively. Oh yeah. They, oh, they, yeah. they they went from one of the worst in the league last year to top 10 this year. You know, like, it's just, it's one of those things. I think these last two games that they just played is going to kind of skew that stat in the other way. Yeah. But really, you get, like, it's like Rick Carlisle is doing such a great job of overcorrecting, and now it's just got to be about finding that middle ground because now the offense obviously is not going to be as good as it was last year. No offense in NBA history was as good as it was last year. Mm. As the, as the Mavs offense was, right. and so yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that you it, yes the defense has gotten better, but now the offense has to kind of so now you've got to find your you got to find what works for this team. It's just the problem is is once this team starts to kind of find its footing, boom, Porzingis tears his meniscus and he misses all playoff games in the bubble whenever mm-hmm. the Mavs were really playing their playing their best basketball last year. And then now Porzingis comes back and then boom, you're hit with a COVID bug. And so now it's it, you're like a lot of people who aren't ready to be put in these positions are being forced to be put in this position. And now it's just, it's, it's just super fucking frustrating to be a Mavericks fan, not because the product isn't as good as it should be, even though that is the case, but it's not their fault. It's not like that they've got this huge team of superstars and they're just not playing up to snuff. They're little pieces. They're they're the the integral parts of teams that need to be there that no one ever talks about, you know, because even with LeBron and Anthony Davis, you still need all your little places, all your uh, little pieces to kind of do their part. Yeah. Get the steals that you need, get the blocks that you need, make that big three-pointer whenever LeBron is being double teamed or whatever. That's right. not that's not that's not happening for the Mavs this like right now. And it's mm-hmm. because those players that do that are all fucking sick with COVID. And so it's just let me think about that question first of all. Yeah. And I'll have I'll have a list of three players that I'd like to see them go get. And and reasons why I think that those players will um work well in this system and how it can complement Luca and 
Porzingis going forward. Because like I said, I think Hardaway Jr. is gone at the end of this season. And I don't know anyone else that is a pending unrestricted free agent that I honestly think would leave this team. I just think that Tim Hardaway Jr. is, he was already thinking about it, and I just think he's going to go through with it this offseason. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have a list of players next year, whether they're unrestricted free agents or not. I, like the, I'll, I'll have like a list of three players saying, like, this is something that we need. Yeah. And it has to be like star caliber players, too, you know? And I'm not going to pick like LeBron and Kevin Durant. But it's but you've got like, like you, you've got Kawhi? like you've got yeah, but see that I think that's too big of a name. Obviously, to, Kawhi's going to come in and help. But whenever you've got your big three, you know you've got Dwayne Wade, you've got uh, LeBron, James. LeBron James, and then you got Chris Bosh. You know, like Chris Bosh is fine, but at the same time, it's like he was one of those guys where it's like, yeah, you're fine, but you could probably throw someone else in here that's a decent basketball player. And oh still, yeah, oh yeah, there was the big like, three in Boston. You know, like mm-hmm. that was really the the ones where you can kind of look at it and say those were like three legit stars. But maybe maybe Paul Pierce was kind of on like the back. Or maybe Ray Allen. Ray Allen was kind of like on the back end of his career. At least we thought he was. Mm-hmm. But then he goes to Miami. See, that's like that other big name that Miami had. They like Ray Allen was one of those pieces that really went under the radar just because they tried to make this big three, this new big thing. But Ray Allen was like that little piece that they needed. And obviously it won them that championship against the Spurs. Yeah. Whenever Ray Allen hits that big three in game six that sent it to overtime. So it's real easy to sit there and say, yes, Kawhi Leonard would come in here. But no, I, I know, I know. But you've I got, just... I think, I think that their big third piece is going to be a piece that's going to be kind of, you got Luca is going to be your main guy. You got Porzingis is going to be your second guy. And then your, your third guy will be, and I think that that's more, why Jimmy more Butler. Complimentary can, to... Yes, more complimentary, not, not being the piece that we need because we've already got we. Because yeah, the Mavs, if you, if the Mavs already in, have like the if pieces you bring in, in place. Kawhi, you're blowing up the rest of the team and rebuilding. I think, I think rebuilding around. I think so. Kawhi yes. Kawhi and Luka yes. as your one A and one B. Yes, and that's not. Whenever you traded to get Porzingis, like you're saying, like you're the guy. Yeah. And so I think that they need to bring in a third player that's going to be able like, to complement that duo. I think, I think but they, not overshadow it. I think that's why they brought in like Willie Colley Stein, and it's. So yeah, far, not been. Yeah, it's, and it's it hasn't been it hasn't been this. I mean, there's great, still, still a lot of season left, but yeah, of course there is. But, but see, but it, but the thing is, is that the season is so shortened that it, you can't help but look at a three game losing streak practically in the middle of the season. Right. You know, it, we're let's just it's it's not quite the middle of the season, but we're definitely not at the beginning of the season anymore. Mm-hmm. This is this three game losing streak at this point in the season is is has got me very concerned. About how can the Mavs, like, especially my bold prediction, I, I like, I'm starting to lose faith that the Mavs will have a top four spot. They need to, need to have a good week this week, not just because of the obvious reasons, but because of the caliber of teams that they're going to be playing. You know, this is not mm-hmm. Charlotte and Chicago that are. 11th and 13th in the in the East. You know, you've got Indiana who's fourth in the East right now, and then you've got. San Antonio, who's fifth in the West, you know, like, so these are teams that where the Mavs should be right now, they're just not. And I think it's because of all the injuries and stuff like that. And I know that that's not a good excuse. It's just frustrating is all that it is. And if they can show that they can beat these caliber of teams, then I think that, uh, 
I think that I will be a little bit more optimistic than what I'm being right now. It's just frustrating at this moment because this was supposed to be that week where it's like, yes, Porzingis is back. Now the team is cooking with gas. And we're firing on all cylinders. And it just seems like that it was like one game where it was like, hooray. And then the rest of the week has just been... So... I'll have I'll, I'll I'll have a list of players for you next week. I will throw one name out there as as a potential that I think could I think he's uh, he's uh, improved a lot since he's joined the league, and this is not just like a homer pick because he went to Texas. <clears throat> Although you know he is from Texas, so <laughs> okay. Uh, I think Jarrett Allen. Okay. That's not it's not what you're talking about, like a guy who can drain threes. But I think if you bring in like a true center, which Jarrett Allen is, and he's very a uh, defensive minded center, he's very good. Uh, you can then have uh, Porzingis go out and play the four instead of the center. You know what I mean? Possibly. I just don't know. It'll just. It'll and depend on how the they want it, it. That'll spread the defense in a different way. It will, but I just don't know. I think that uh, I think that Rick Carlisle is still very big on the pick and roll, and I think that Luca and Christoph Porzingis have that down right now just perfectly. Yeah. And if you get another guy in the post, you can't have you can't set a pick up at the top of the key and then do a roll right into where the post is already going to be standing there. That's why it's better, I think, that Porzingis stays in the post. Because if he's going to set that screen and then they're going to try and do that pick and roll, it leaves the bottom of that lane completely open. If you if you don't do that and you bring in another post, then you've got to flash the post out. Is, is this post really a threat from the outside? That's another thing, too. If you can do that and... Uh, if you bring in a big man that can shoot the three, uh-huh. then I can see how that can be a thing because if the post just steps outside and clears the lane, so now you not only are you afraid of the pick and roll, but if you're if the, if you're the if you're defending that post and you come down to help with the pick and roll, you kick it out to the, Luca kicks it out to the big guy outside, shoots the three and makes it. So eventually players are going to stop trying to stop that pick and roll and they're going to be out there. They'll leave lanes for Luca. It'll leave lanes to pass to Porzingis. So well, that's why I'm saying if if. Uh... Like I don't know how Jarrett Allen does with the with the pick and roll, but I mean, yeah, and I, that's, if, if if you can have him be the step in and be the pick and roll, like be that be the guy who sets the pick. Yeah, you, you know can, what yeah. I mean. Like it, then Porzingis is on the outside he is. waiting for a three. Yeah, of course. You it, know what I mean. I just think that the 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 chemistry that Luca and KP have right now is just it's too good, and you don't break them up. Right. You know, it's it, yeah. you like you've already got a winning hand. Don't try and put the don't try and sacrifice the winning hand that you have to maybe hope that maybe you'll get a better luck on the on the draw from the dealer. You know, like it's just I think that if you've got that, the winning hand, you hold on to it. That that winning hand is on a three game lose streak. I I understand, I'm but see saying. that's it, it's. It's not because of the team that's on the floor right now. It's the team that they can't put on the floor. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So it's just I mean, we'll fair. have to wait and see whenever the team is all fully healthy. And but because we haven't and, really, yeah, because right. because we, we haven't we haven't seen it all year. And that's why I'm saying it's more frustrating. Like I can look at it and say, if the team was all together, then you can say y'all are just fucking playing bad. At least we have answers. Right now, it's like the team isn't playing. The team is playing bad. But it's because of something that's out of their control, and that's the frustrating part. So, 
Yeah, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. I just think that right now, I think that you stick with the Luca Porzingis pick and roll, and you just try and stack bodies on the outside that can make threes. And obviously, that's not the only thing that they do. But Rick Carlisle has always done the pick and roll. That's mm-hmm. always been his sweet stuff. So we'll see. Hopefully, we'll be talking next week about. And every time I say this, like, hopefully, we'll be talking about how next week is better, and we <laughs> come back and it is. So let's let's hope that that's what happens here. Yeah, hopefully. You got anything else? Uh, I mean, you want to get into the Big Twelve? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just didn't know if you had like a oh, like any I mean, any other the, final points the, or whatever. No, the only other thing that I uh, that I could say would just open it right back up to more discussion. <laughs> yeah, and we probably we've we've. Oh, uh, that's. I mean, what else are we going to talk about right now? But we do have a lot of Big Twelve stuff to talk about, though. Uh, right. Well, there's there's Big Twelve basketball, and then there's coaching changes in Big Twelve football. Mm-hmm. So, well, just hold on to that question for next week. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk basketball, and let's let me just say. I I was seriously considering saying that my pick for the game of the week was not the game of the week this for college basketball this week. I briefly thought about making it Baylor versus Texas Tech, even though the Texas Tech-Texas game did come down to the wire. Matt McClung hits that huge shot right there with less than a second left. So once again, we are robbed of a potential buzzer beater in the Big 12 that wasn't technically a buzzer beater, but it ended up working itself out. And that game really did go, because I mean, here's the reason why I want to kind of talk about the Baylor-Texas Tech game. That game was the reason why I love college basketball. There was a, uh, there was a moment where Texas Tech saw that the game was kind of getting away from him, so Chris Beard calls a timeout. Because I think Baylor, over the first six minutes of the game, Baylor was winning like th- like 13-3 to three or something. Texas Tech hadn't scored in six minutes. So Chris Beard calls a timeout. And here's the, here is the brilliancy of Scott Drew, is during that timeout, I guarantee you this is how this went. Scott Drew sits down with his team and goes, hey guys, they're thinking that they're going to come out of this timeout and they're going to correct things. Fuck that. I want you to go out and I we're going to go straight into a half-court press to show them, hey, you think you're going to come back at us after this timeout and show us up on our home court? We know you just beat Texas and you think that you're on fire, but we're not Texas. We're Baylor. So Texas Tech comes out of this time. Like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Texas Tech comes out of this timeout and boom, Baylor hits them with a half-court press. And Texas Tech kind of freaks out a little bit. But Texas Tech scores on the half-court press, then goes down, gets a steal, and goes down and scores again. So even though Baylor wanted to kind of go back at him and say, fuck you, Texas Tech went right back at him and went, all right, you want to punch us in the mouth? We're going to punch you back even harder. And it was, it was, it was a lot of chess that went back and forth. That's, that was just one isolated moment. But there was just so many times in that game where you're sitting here watching that this is fucking poetry. This is why we not just love college basketball, but why we love basketball as a whole. And yes, Texas Tech ended up losing that game, and they ended up losing the game by eight, I believe is what it was. But that was the first time all year Baylor had not won a game by double figures. They usually win their games by plus 27. 
That's number one in the NCAA. So, yes, it wasn't like this tight game. The last two minutes of the Texas Tech-Baylor game did get out of hand. Baylor did kind of... What really happened is that Jared Butler decided to finally show up. Because his he scored he didn't score until like the last five minutes of the second half, and his points were the difference in the game. So it like it just shows how great Baylor is as a team because they even with their best player not scoring, they're still in a game against a really good Texas Tech team that just beat an even better Texas team, and they 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 really found a way to be patient while Jared Butler kind of found his game. Yeah, and. Jesus, was that a great game to watch. However, I'm still sticking with Texas and Texas Tech as my game of the week. So maybe it's just because I can just say I was right and that was the game of the week. But my goodness, if y'all have that Texas Tech-Baylor game, TiVo'd or whatever, go back and watch it. And just watch the little coaching things that Chris Beard and uh, and Scott Drew do. Uh, and another thing I want to kind of say about Scott Drew is that this week, before I get into the Texas Texas Tech game, is that this week Baylor has now been ranked 253 straight games under Scott Drew. Before Scott Drew even took over this, uh, took over the Baylor team. Over the previous 97 seasons, Baylor played two games ranked. Which is insane to think about because it's not like Scott Drew went down there and took over a program that had this rich history. And now he's got them considered. Like, I watched that game and I'm like, okay, Baylor is ranked number two behind Gonzaga. And Gonzaga is the best team in the nation. But I think that Gonzaga does all the big things well. Baylor does all the little things well. And I think that whenever it comes to basketball... You have to do the little things well in order to win. Yes, absolutely. So here's hoping and praying that we get that national championship game. Like like Baylor versus Gonzaga. Oh man, like that's that. This might be the greatest national championship for the fucking ages. It's just gonna be awesome. So good on Baylor. Like they're still out there just fucking kicking ass and taking names, and I, I don't see them stopping anytime soon. It, do not be surprised if Baylor wins every fucking game they play this year. So, um, you want to talk about the uh, the Texas, Texas Tech game? Did you watch any of it, or did you just watch that last little bit? I watched the last little bit. Okay, so... It was one of those games where Texas really came out and they showed Texas Tech that, hey, y'all might be good, but we're great. And they come out and they really take it to Texas Tech in the first half. They were the uh, the score was double figures in the second. It was forty eight to thirty eight. Yeah. in favor of Texas. Yeah, and then it was foul trouble in the second half that really came back to bite them in the ass. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and here's the thing though is that Texas Tech. One thing that they do great that they did not do well against Baylor, against Baylor was, was, get, fouls. was get getting to, to get the to line, the, get to the line, yeah. getting to the free throw line, and that's that's Texas Tech's like like that's just like the way that they play the game, and if they try and get away from that, then it it can show that they can they can still hang whenever you want to play some small ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, free throws are as small ball as they get, but if you really want to play like true basketball then Texas Tech can hang, but they can't hang the whole way. They, you can't get away from your identity. And Texas Tech did not do that against Texas. They were patient, and they let their game play just kind of really just let it go and let it go, let it go. 
Then they start getting the fouls that they normally get, and they 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 start making the free throws that they always get a chance to make. And that's that's what really separated these two teams was the foul trouble. You are right. Um, but I, I just got to say that Mac McClung is one of those guys that he yeah, really, he, he, he really established himself this game. And uh, another thing about the Baylor Texas Tech game is that they had Dick Vitale calling that game. And yeah, man, that's the other thing that you love about college basketball is just Dick fucking Vitale. He just has all this knowledge that he can bring to the games. And he's one thing that he talked about was Micah Peavy, who really has not played. Like he had Micah Peavy had his moment against Kansas whenever they lost to Kansas by one. But uh, but really, ever since then, he hasn't done anything. But Dick Vitale does such a good job of breaking the basketball game down to its basic elements that he really showed why Micah Peavy is going to be one of these players that if he sticks around, because he's just a freshman, but if he sticks around, he can be one of those really great players as well. So it's just Texas Tech has, yes, they've lost some big games, but they lost to Kansas by one. They lost to Oklahoma State in overtime, which no shame in that at all and then they they are the only team that has ever lost to Baylor by less than 10 points so look out for Texas Tech whenever it comes to March Madness they 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 their rankings might not be the best they're back up there now i think they're 12th this week but i think that they're going to be a solid number 3 maybe a number 4 team in whatever bracket they get it's just going to depend on how great they do in the Big 12 tournament which is going to be a lot of fun to watch but Man, like it's it, this was one of those things where you had uh, a lot of really good players playing great for Texas Tech, and it, even still, like in the first half, it took them a little bit to get going. But I mean, it Jericho Sims played really well for Texas in that first half. Matt Coleman played really well. I, I mean, fucking Andrew Jones coming off of that buzzer beater that he the buzzer beater that wasn't a buzzer beater that he hit uh, against West Virginia. He came out and he had an awesome game. Like just, I'm telling you, I'm gonna be keeping my eye on this Texas team as well, just because they're they're another one of those teams that they don't have like this big star stud player. Greg Brown can be, but he's just a freshman, he's, and we're trying he's to trying to. He might be a one and done, but he's he's developing into that so far. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets he gets Greg Brown. He has whenever it comes to scoring and stuff like he has like brief flashes of what we can see, but Greg Brown's another one of those players that does the little things, right? Yeah. He gets a lot of rebounds. He gets a lot of assists. He gets blocks. He gets steals. So if he can just find a way to score as consistently as he looks like he can, then yes, he could be potentially one of those players. But right now, Texas is one of those teams. It's kind of like the Dallas stars, you know, like that, like they're, Maybe that's not such a good example, but they're they're one of those teams that just have a lot of really good pieces. They, they have good solid pieces, not necessarily any big star. And see, that's that was one of the things that I kind of looked at Texas at the beginning of this year, thing that saying that that might be to their detriment. If anything, now it's to their advantage it's like because Indiana no, basketball. No one. Uh, welcome to Indiana high school basketball. It's one of those things that you look at it and you just say like, who the fuck are they going to guard? Like who? Like who are they gonna stop? You know, Courtney Ramey. You know, like it. Like yeah. like if, if you if you stop him, then you got Jericho Sims, and you got to worry about. You can't stop Jericho Sims, then you got Matt Coleman, Andrew Jones, Greg Brown. Like it's just every single one of their starters for Texas in this game against Texas Tech, with the exception of Greg Brown, scored in double figures. 
Yeah. Every one of them. And Greg Brown scored nine points. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, it really did have everything that each team needed. And it, it this was one of those games that it had to come down to a last shot. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was just unfortunate for Texas that Texas Tech was have, the one that had it last. Yeah, who's gonna have the ball last? So I this was this was one of those weeks that you just look at basketball as a whole and it was just awesome. Like you just had every, like good games every night. Um even Gonzaga was tested by St. by St. Mary's a little bit there this week. Of course they pulled it away, but it, like everything about college basketball was so great this week. And then Tonight, and here's what I'm going to do going forward, is I hate that we're talking about this game now. I should have talked about it last week. Because Kansas and Baylor are going on right now. And I wish that we would have kind of broken that down a little bit last week. So I'm going to include next Monday as a part of this week. Gotcha. Um, But right now, Baylor and Kansas are playing each other. Baylor's up 56 to 45. So it's it's looking like and they were up forty one to twenty. They being Baylor was up forty one to twenty eight at the half. Kansas has come out and they've 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 they're winning the second half right now, but they need a lot more out of their. Oh my god! And Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler, Jared Butler is just shooting the lights out. He's got twenty two points. Um, if he played like this against Texas or against Texas Tech, there's no way it would have been this close. But you know, it's it, all of. Uh, all of Kansas's big players, they're not really showing up. You know, Jalen Wilson's only got two points. Uh, McCormick only has four points. You've got Abaji, who's got 12 points, and then uh, uh, Christian Braun, who's got 14. But everyone else has been kind of silent. So it, it's just looking like that, once again, Baylor's just doing all those little things that they need to do in order to win these big games. I'm going to go home and watch the game again later tonight. I'm willing to bet that Baylor is sticking with the the uh, the switching on screens on defense against Kansas because that just seems like something that Kansas can't really crack. It'd be it, so it's going to be interesting to watch that. But regardless, that's neither here nor there. I'm going to say that my game of the week is next Monday, Texas Tech at West Virginia, and it's just because it's one of those things where West Virginia kind of or West Virginia has not given up on this season, regardless of what players have decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Shibway. I know that we've already talked about him before, but I mean, it's just, it's still one of those things that this is, uh, this is a team that first of all is going to be very well rested because they, they've they had their outbreak of COVID. Uh, so they haven't been playing in a while. And Texas Tech is very battle tested right now. Like, and they've 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 been taking it to teams that are considered the better teams in the Big 12 conference. I I think it's just going to show you that regardless whether you're ranked fucking second or you're ranked 15th, it does not matter. If you're in the Big 12 and you're ranked, like you belong. And they're showing that that they belong here. And I think that this is another one of those games that could really show uh, that being Texas Tech and West Virginia. It's next Monday. At nine at eight p.m. I'm sorry, on ESPN. So big ESPN. Everyone's starting to kind of realize like who is the uh, yeah who's the conference that's really starting to kind of run away with things. And I just think that Texas Tech and uh, West Virginia are those 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 middle of the pack Big Twelve teams that people are kind of turning their heads, going, "You've got to watch these guys." Yeah, even their middle of the pack is uh, actually pretty good, dude. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, actually, it's really good. So that I mean, Ed, so. I, really, I think that you could just kind of throw a dart right now because at any of these games <laughs> this week, because I mean, it's everyone is everyone is just playing great in the Big Twelve right now, with the exception of 
Kansas State. Sorry, guys. Well, and I would I would say even uh, as far as uh, as far as Kansas is concerned, they're not they're playing great, but they're not playing up Kansas to... Kansas State. No, no, no. I'm saying as far as oh, Kansas, Kansas is okay. concerned, uh, they're they're playing great, but not up to the level that we've come to expect from Kansas. And so, like Texas beating Kansas, I was like, oh hell yeah, you know, like that's huge, and. There have been a couple other teams that have played Kansas really close that made me go, ooh, maybe Kansas is... Well, because, I mean, they they just lost to Oklahoma State right before this one. Yeah, yeah. So they lost to Oklahoma State. But I'm, so, I'm telling so you, maybe, Oklahoma... I know Oklahoma State's still good, yeah, but they're maybe, just, maybe they're just Kansas banned. isn't the same... Uh, caliber dude, I'm t- that we're dude, used to seeing from them. I, I, I don't think that's the case. I think... I don't think that Kansas is used to dealing with this kind of caliber from other teams. Yeah. I think that Kansas teams of the past, like even like the really great Kansas teams that even the 2005 national championship Kansas team would, would they struggle this badly? I don't even want to say that they're struggling that badly. Like they, their one loss, their one really bad loss was that loss to Texas. But then to Oklahoma State, you lose by five, and uh, then they were supposed to play Iowa State, but Iowa State's starting to get their their games are being postponed too because Iowa State's getting a bad break of COVID. Um, and then they're playing Baylor tonight. Are they looking their best? No, but it, it's just still. I just think that that doesn't mean that Kansas is that bad. I think that Kansas would have probably won the national championship last year. Like and and they've pretty much got the same team together this year, and it's and so I I just think that the the competition in the Big Twelve, and I'm not just saying this just so that way people could be like, oh well, it's not that Kansas is getting worse, it's that the Big Twelve is getting better. So go fucking watch. Like that's not that's not what I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. You know, it's just it's yeah. I so here's here's hoping that Kansas can kind of come back and make a game out of it against Baylor. Because I would hate for, because if Kansas drops this game against Baylor real big, and then they've got a big game on January thirtieth against a really good sleeper team in Tennessee, and yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's and if they end up dropping that game too, then it's like okay, then I would agree with you. I would sit there and look at it and say maybe this is not the Kansas of old. And so maybe, yes, the Big 12 is getting better, but also Kansas is starting to kind of slip a little bit. So we'll see. No one's immune to it. Fucking Duke is now they, – they, they're the not – ra- the, in like the 93 time, weeks. For the first time in uh, – for the first time since like 1983, neither Duke nor North Carolina is ranked. I know. It's fucking crazy. And then you've got teams like Tennessee and the SEC. Like the SEC starting to kind of slowly creep up and be a really good basketball conference right now without Kentucky's help. Yeah. Which is the fucking crazy thing. And it's the, it's, it's the same thing now with the Big 12. It's like the Big 12 starting to be kind of respected as a conference without Kansas. Even though Kansas is still number six in the nation right now. It's just no, not here. Kansas. Every week. Love it. And so, okay, we'll have to we'll have to keep that game circled uh on January 30th against Tennessee, because it'll it'll really just depend on it'll it'll depend on how great oh, Kansas can uh is that in January 30th. What day is that? Uh that is correct. It is it's in Tennessee and it is the 30th fucking why it just says the 30th why couldn't you give me like the date uh it is a saturday it is a saturday 
I'm just saying I've never been to a college basketball game. Before. We'll look and see if they've got it. That'd be an awesome game to go to live. That would be an awesome game to go to. And Kansas is now pulled within 10 of Baylor. So it's looking like this game's going to have a great finish. And I should have made this my game of the week last week. So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to include Monday night's games just because we won't be able to cover them going into it. So we'll talk about this game next week, and then we'll see which game really was the game of the week this week. But look at that Texas Tech and West Virginia game next Monday night. That's all I've got. Okay. So what what coaching changes for the Big 12 in football? Well. <gasps> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Jesus. Ow, that hurt. Uh, like head coaching changes? I Sorry, I had it. Um, well, okay, so the, 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 the big news so far and we've talked about this ad nauseum but um steve sarkeesian has officially taken over the you know the head coaching duties at texas but he's also brought uh over a of more than just a couple coaches from yeah from alabama, alabama. yeah i saw that uh, hang on let me pull this up and see if i can Uh, see if I can see exactly who they hired. <laughs> the real solid small talk we got going on here. Right. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. This is not a uh, current list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, need they, to, maybe need to edit this part. Whatever. They 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 brought in. Um, I know Kyle Flood is uh, the the, yeah. the offensive line coach. He's mm-hmm. coming in. Um, as the offensive line coach? Yes, as the offensive line coach. And I think uh, I think he's also going to be the uh, offensive coordinator, but Sarkeesian's going to be calling the plays. So, um, Every time I hear the Flood, I always think of Halo. Yeah. That's I, like that's what I always think of now. Like that was probably the last video game that I really religiously played cuz I don't I just don't really play video games nowadays, but uh, it's it's only because I get super fucking pissed whenever I do play it. But just <laughs> if if I ever hear of the flood, I I just think of Halo because it, it wasn't the flood the uh like those little monster people. Yeah, they were like zombies. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But uh, then Halo 4 came out, and then you're like, am I a good guy or a bad guy? Like, I don't fucking get this. Like, I'm playing two different people here, so it was just weird. Yeah. Uh, so you got the list now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Every, they, everybody only wants to talk about, like, the list is only just uh, head coaches. And I'm like, well, I know those head coaches. All right, well, uh, it's just, it, just they, a lot yeah, of people from Alabama. Yeah, but they still haven't hired. Oh, this is why I wanted to bring this up. Uh, they still haven't hired a defensive coordinator, which is like the one thing that everybody's saying, oh, you need you need to get this right. Uh, they actually were trying to get Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn. They were trying to get Dan Quinn. He went to the Cowboys. Which, which I mean, obvious. Yeah. Like, close. if the Cowboys want you, I'd go to the Cowboys, too. Yeah, close enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Tennessee fired Jeremy Pruitt today. Yeah, I saw that. I... 
do you really think that he he would he, be he won a, a good he won a choice national, for defensive coordinator? He won a national championship as defensive coordinator at Florida State with Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Yeah, but and and they you talk about they the game the against Auburn. Ranked, they had the top ranked defense in the country that year. Is that is that the is that the game against Auburn? Yeah. Man, dude, I, Auburn fucked that game so badly, man. Like I know that Florida State needed to do the things that they needed to do to win, but dude, Auburn had that game and fucking blew it. So I don't really remember. So I I do, but that's just because my mother went to Auburn, and I just I remember having to I, I had to listen to it on the radio. But I just Auburn was up big, and it took Jameis Winston and a fucking miracle for them to end up coming back. And and they did to their credit, they yeah. did. But I mean, won a national championship there. Yeah, neither here Co- nor there. Just coached saying. at Alabama as the defensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure he won a national championship there. Like, you know, uh, Tennessee's offense was never good, but the two years that he was there, their defense was pretty dang good. And he took t- Tennessee to a bowl game last year after losing to Georgia State. Technically, they had a bowl game, a bowl, a bowl game this year. But yeah, the, but it, well, I guess technically yeah. they didn't. But yeah. they they were slated to have one, and so it wasn't because their record was so bad. That, yeah. So. <sighs> yeah, I mean that'd be. I, I don't see why not. Yeah. So there's that's. I just wanted to talk about college football because I'm sad that it's over. Uh, we're, and, we're, we're getting and, there. And that there's only one team that I really follow in the offseason, and it's the Longhorns, and clearly I know what I'm talking about. Oh, they also – I don't know if you <laughs> saw this. Uh, they also hired a, uh, a former Texas safety that you'll remember – Oh, is it old boy who dropped the pick? Blake Gideon. Yeah, hooray! Is, my favorite fucking is player. going to be the special teams coach. Hooray! So. Well, good. Good for him because that's, you You know, and see, and the thing that no one will ever talk about is the fact that he was a stud for the next four years. Well, in that very next year, the yeah. very next year, he got a pick. Yeah. He ended up getting an interception during that game. And I just remember that the, like everyone on their team was just so fucking stoked for him whenever he got it. And it was one of those things. It was like after Stamkos scored against the Stars this year. I remember seeing it was Stamkos. And I was like, of course it was fucking Stamkos. Yeah. Fuck. Good for Stamkos, man. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I can't be mad. I, like I was mad for yeah. like that long, but it's it was oh, the same. Th- oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was it was it, it, it was the same thing with that game against uh, what Blake Gideon. Is that his name? Yeah, it, it was the same thing. Whenever he got that pick, I went. All right. Like, at least he can kind of move past that, you know, like good on it. And he did it the very next year. So, yeah. So good on him that he's still able to find he's still in the good graces of Texas, you know, because sometimes the world can be cruel, man. And it's just there's a mm, there's a Packers player named Brandon Bostic who fucked up the onside kick. Uh, against the Seattle Seahawks a few years ago in the NFC Championship game, the same year that they that the Packers beat the Cowboys on the catch no catch, he fucked up the onside kick, and the Seattle Seahawks went and scored one in overtime, and people were like giving Brandon Bostic like death threats, and I'm just sitting here guys going like guys it's fucking football, so I say all that to say like good for good for yeah. Texas and good for their fans to kind of say like yeah you dropped that pick, it's fine come on back you know so it's just, it's just nice to see that's a, that's a classy move by him yeah yeah uh and, and uh this is kind of big 12 related uh urban meyer is now the head, head coach, coach of, yep, of jacksonville. the jacksonville jaguars but he has hired two former texas coaches 
Tom Herman? No. Oh. Charlie Strong. What? <laughs> and uh, Chris Ash, who was the yeah. former defensive yep. coordinator. I, yeah, I remember Chris Ash. Oh, Charlie yeah. Strong as what? Uh, it's something, a linebacker's coach, I think. Yikes. All right. <laughs> hey, he won national titles at Florida as a as a with a, with defensive coordinator with Urban with Meyer. With Urban Meyer, that's so, why. That's yeah. why. I bet you anything Tom Herman's going to be a call for him though. No. You oh, don't no, think no, so? No, 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 no. Oh, no. you think like it, there's from, Yeah, from what I've under cuz when that whole thing started, I was like, "Oh, you know, they're probably friends and blah blah blah." No. No, everything that I've read says that uh that Urban Meyer blames Tom Herman for some of the stuff some of the drama that went down and uh, Tom Herman uh, like resents Urban Meyer for some shit. I don't know, but All right, fuck yeah. It. So apparently they are not cool, but I have already seen people calling for Tennessee to hire Tom Herman. So, Oh yeah. Master Menos. Yeah. UT to UT is fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The expectations are way lower there. <laughs> You'll be happy. What you saying something, man? Because it's pretty fucking high up here. So, no, in no, 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 no. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, in Texas, it's pretty fucking. Or no, it's pretty high up here in Tennessee. So it's weird to it's weird to say that the expectations in Texas are still higher than that. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. Oh, I I wouldn't say they're high in Tennessee. I think I think it's the the. I think the fans hold it to a to a really high standard. Uh, well, okay, so like, you know, in Aub- at Auburn they say War Eagle. Alabama says roll tide. Tennessee says next year. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nice. Nashville, if you're still listening, we love you. Send us an email. Ashburn. Yes. I'm, I'm mad at you. But send me an email. <laughs> but still send us an email. Yet anything else? Nope. Let's do trivia and get the fuck out of here. Trivia. <laughs> Boy, we really need to get out of here. It's so we're starting to get a little loopy. Man, it's not even that late either. Um, okay, so just to reiterate the question, out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Out of the twelve people in the top twenty on the NBA's all-time triple double list that are not playing anymore. Who's the one player on that list that uh, is not in the Hall of Fame? Nick Van Exel. New no. Nick Van Exel, <laughs> dude. Is that really your fucking guess? That's the only. Oh, name is that it comes really? Okay, yeah, no. Nick yeah, Van yeah. Exel. Where in the hell is he on this list? I'm I'm all the way down here, dude. I'm at eighty <laughs> fourth. No, Nick Van Exel, my friend. That's just a you know. I was like, who do I know? That may have some triple doubles, dude. Nick Van, I'm at 142 That's, right oh, now. Oh, dude, no, I know, I'm not even. <laughs> He's not even on this list, dude. And I, like, I'm at three. Shaquille O'Neal has two, at 175th. No, Nick Van Exel. <laughs> Did he ever have? I'm looking a single triple. Double. I'm looking. Nick Van Exel, swing and a miss, my friend. <laughs> Do you want to take another guess while I'm looking here? Oh, okay. Um, former NBA players in the top 20 of triple doubles that are not in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Oh, 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 Steve Nash. Nope. 
Damn. Nope. That was a that was a good one. But Steve Nash is eventually going to be. But he's eventually you're, but you going right. to be, but he's not yet. But I did I did say start. I didn't even think about players who used. Yeah. But I did start off by saying that he's not in the Hall of Fame and he deserves to be. Mm-hmm. So so it wouldn't be. Oh, I can see how that. Okay. The answer is. Uh, oh fuck! Not Bob Cousy. He is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's Cousy. It is uh, Fat. Levier. Lafayette is his first name, but he goes by Fat Levier, and he really was big in Denver in the mid-80s, but he ended his career. He played the 90, from 1990 to 1994 with the Dallas Mavericks. The thing is... Oh, yeah, that's right. You said ended their career in Dallas. Yep. The thing is, though, is that he, he only played in his first three seasons with Dallas, he only played uh, 35 games. And then he finally played in the 93-94 season for 100, and, or 100, for 81 games. But then in the playoffs, he ended up getting injured again with the same knee injury. And he, uh, so, it, so it's not even like that he had a huge impact for the Mavs, but it's still one of those things. He's not just in the top, he's not just in the top 20. He's top 10. He's, huh. number, he's number 10 right now. Bob Cousy has 33 and uh, Noel, uh, Nikola Jokic has 46 and so but once again like you've still got russell westbrook that's still playing lebron is still playing james harden's still playing Jokic is still playing rajon rondo is on this fucking list fucking franklin the turtle looking motherfucker ben simmons is still playing luka Doncic is still playing and draymond green those are the players that are in the top 20 that are that are that are still currently playing and will only get better i'm sure will russell westbrook beat oscar robinson's record i think he will i think what, he will russell westbrook of uh 31 which is still a lot that's a lot of triple doubles but i fuck but, dude i mean considering russell westbrook considering two three years ago russell westbrook averaged a triple double that's not that much i was about to say russell westbrook can probably beat that in a fucking season yeah, so will i think much. i think he will i think he will um oscar robinson still i think is the better player yeah but but especially Neither now that there. especially now that uh, that Brody's in uh, the in Washington, you know, like. Yep. I mean, yeah. What else has he got to do? Yeah, just, it's, it's just it's the him show again. Yep. But he passes. So, but yeah, uh, Lafayette, Lafayette Levier or Fat Levier is, and but it's spelled L E V E R. So it's but it's not Lever. It's Levier. So. Here's hoping that one day he'll get in the Hall of Fame. He's got a lot of number, and he he was only like he was only six foot three. But there were like whenever he was at his prime, yes, it was in the eighties, but still six foot three is not it was not very tall even for the eighties. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was leading the Denver Nuggets in rebounds and assists, and uh, it, it's just such a shame that someone like him just doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Maybe one day, but. Yeah, that's the answer. Hmm. Fun fact trivia. Bow. Bow, 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 bow. Well, all right, you want to get the fuck out of here? You want to finish watching the, uh, you want to finish watching Baylor in Kansas? Yeah, I do. All right, let's go do that. Let's go do that basketball. Um, here, don't, don't even, just, just name a wrestler. Just name a wrestler. Randy Orton. He doesn't have like a vocal thing. <laughs> I hear voices in my head. 
No, uh, let's go with... They counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Let's go with... Probably Brett. one of the best wrestling entrances ever, though. Brett, the Hitman, Hart. What was Bret Hart's thing? I don't know. Okay. His... Uh, Under- I can, uh, Undertaker. I can do Owen Hart. Oh. Undertaker. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to end on Owen Hart there. Uh, okay, Undertaker. Rest in...